Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. We have the LR Alex on for this week. Now, guys, I want you to imagine a sort of scenario here, a little what if. What if I gave you a batch of extremely high-powered explosives? Imagine what you would do. I think we can all agree the first thing we would do is we would blow up one of the faces on Mount Rushmore and replace it with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, the question is, which face on Mount Rushmore do you blow up to make room for Arnold Schwarzenegger? Always Teddy. That's always Teddy? Always Teddy, 100%. That dude is a real piece of shit. He tried to ban football. He might as well be Goodell. So uh, we watched an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think this is our first Arnold movie, isn't it? No, you did Running Man. Oh, right. Jingle Jingle all the way. There we go, yeah. How the oh. fuck do I know this before you guys know I it? Forgot I forgot We have to rely on our fans. I blocked that one out. So, yeah. <laughs> Run, Running Man's movie. a good movie. Uh, Last Action Hero, the one that we watched, uh, has work to do. It's, it's improvement, CB it's... after class. But uh, yeah. before we get into that, we can go into the new segment. I have been girding my loins for this. Parker, tell me about Comic-Con. You know, Chris, you're a lucky, lucky little girl. I, I keep Last telling myself year, that every morning. I overwhelmed your senses with more news than you could possibly imagine. And all I have to really say to you in this moment, the one thing I have to say, fuck Batman. (sighs) (laughs) Can you describe in detail the look on your face when you realize that wasn't a movie, but a full TV series that I could make you watch episode by episode? Well, Parker, you see, I kind of—I'm an optimist. I walk around life oh, with yeah. a, a bit of an eternal smile on my face, and then you text me, and you tell me, "Oh, by the way, that's actually a TV show, not a movie." And the smile just drops and just falls off my face directly onto the floor. Th- th- why would they do something like this? Finally, Parker, an adult Teen Titans show for adult fans of the Teen Titans, such as myself. But Parker, what if it, what if it's what if it's real good like Young Sheldon, dude? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> don't fucking lie right. I've always wanted a grim and dark Beast Boy, and I've always wanted someone to make Starfire more aggressively sexual. Also, I want to see him fuck someone as an animal, but that's you not know, important. Okay, Parker, you know what is important? If you make me watch 
any episode of that show, the second the Cowboys get eliminated from the playoffs, you're going to watch Teen Titans go to the movies. That's fine, because the Purge series comes out in just over a month. Like It's yeah. almost coinciding with football season. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like some higher force made it so you could experience all the majesty of Purge Night like hour by hour of like 24 until you rip your own eyes out. <sighs> Imagine right, I'm actually kind of in on that gimmick, not gonna lie. Oh, absolutely. You and I are both in. But our friend Chris isn't. And it's like, dude, just imagine the anything goes. Like, anything can happen on basic cable. Think of all the insane <laughs> stuff you're going to see on USA where characters are welcome. Shut up. <laughs> fucking idiot. You stupid piece of shit. I've never felt lower than this moment. Oh, buddy. Uh, here's a shovel. Start digging because it's going to fucking hurt. That Aquaman trailer is a thing that's going to be in your life right around Christmas time. Well, you know, you're you're the one who's excited for it. You're the one who's going to be our Aqua correspondent. That's fine. I mean, you'll be there with me. Oh, yeah. I might fly up there just to surprise you. Like, <laughs> hey, I got two tickets. Bumbleman and Aquaman. Bumbleman. Bumblebee and Bumble Aquaman. Man. I'm going to call it Bumbleman, actually. There it's we go. I know it. I'm going to put that in the description, though. <laughs> uh, I guess we should also talk about the Godzilla trailer. It was pretty good. But the other news is that James okay. Gunn was... <laughs> That's the only thing I want to talk about for the next two hours. <laughs> I want to study like this is a Bruder film. I'm so excited. You I saw the poster, right? Like that, that plot looks like a mess. Like Who an absolute cares? mess, but I don't give a single fuck. Are we talking about the plot in a fucking kaiju movie that isn't colossal? Come on! Listen, the first time it was on, I wasn't looking at the computer, and I was just listening, and I was like, man, what the fuck is this incoherent nonsense? <laughs> and then, like, I got back into the room, because it was, like, autoplaying, and just restarted it, like, oh, never mind, this is dope as hell. <laughs> like, Parker, you joke that you want to talk, oh, yeah, for two hours, no, 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 think about, like, the individual moments of that trailer are actually really fun to look at, like, the reveal of King Ghidorah, better yet, the reveal of Mothra, the reveal of Mothra is fucking gorgeous. 1,000%, I don't have to see that movie in English. Like, none of the dialogue matters to me. I don't care yeah. what they're saying. Oh, that is that not going to be in English? I thought it was, was going to be in English. Of course it is. But no, it doesn't well, matter. Saying... Okay, they fine. can be speaking any language. It doesn't matter. I'm not listening. Uh, I'm just crying. I mean, you're, you're basically part of the movie. You're going you're gonna to know what they're saying. I mean, the fact that you hated Krampus still hurts me physically. I didn't hate Krampus. I just didn't get it. I, 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 I thought I told to you that. I thought I told you the story I thought I told you the story where I was like I had seen it uh, I'd seen like uh, like a production still of it or something and it was uh, who's the guy who plays Todd Packer on the office he was he was uh, that guy was in it and it looked like he was wearing like one of those hobbit fire outfits or just like a brown potato bag sack and I was just like, whoa, is this going to be like a fantasy movie? So when Krampus starts like dragging people to the underworld, I kept thinking, wow, th I mean, the those kids are going to have to follow him. They're going to go down and like the underworld's going to be really cool and want to see the stuff. It'll be like Labyrinth or something. It's like, no, he was just dragging them to hell and you never see them again. And at the end, <laughs> Merry Christmas. I love your family. What are the wizards? To yeah. be fair, Chris, you have oh. to have a very high IQ to understand Krampus. The horror okay. is extremely subtle. And without a solid grasp of Christmas, most of the jokes will go over the typical viewer's head. <laughs> Yeah. I fucking hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so last words here about Godzilla is that that poster, I need that poster. I need the biggest version of that poster possible. I have not bought a poster in probably 10 years, and I might buy that. 
definitely going to buy that. 10 months should be illegal. That, that movie could be like a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. That poster will stay in my room. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to watch so many fucking monster movies for the rest of the year. <laughs> me too. I mean, I, I was I going to a, anyways. I found a bad one. Hey, everybody. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. All right. So, also, uh, James Gunn have... released the Snyder Cut. Coward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure that'll be really good. Uh, <laughs> now, are there any other bits of news from uh, Comic-Con? The only bit of news that's important is, guys, let's just join hands for a minute and be thankful that none of us had Twitter in 2008. Yeah, boy. because America has a gun problem. If anyone is sitting here listening, not just like spending every waking moment, their nails dug into their seat, praying for a couple of forums to go down to exonerate them, you're not really posting. Man, I uh, When that nose broke, I, I just got hit with a flash of me 20 years from now wanting to go apply for a security clearance. Somebody finds a tweet from 2013 where I said bone cancer is not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over for me, boys. Okay, guys, uh, one, last awesome beat of, one last bit of news here. And uh, this is kind of serious, and it affects me a lot, and it might end up affecting this show. Uh, I, I just felt like I should... Let you guys know, and I'll break the news like this so the fans can hear it too. Uh, I, I was also one of the recent victims of the cruel, malicious pranks of Sasha Baron Cohen. He really fooled me this time. I was sure he was going to talk about Malcolm Mitchell. No. Um, <laughs> you, neither of you know who that is. Uh, I recently watched Borat again, and when I say it was taken advantage of, I gotta tell you... Borat does not hold up quite as well as I would have hoped. I hard disagree. Well, I can't. Hard, here's, hard, hard disagree. Now, here's one of my things. First of all, Alex, did you see it in theaters? Yes, I did. Okay, now I think that's going to color it because I think this is probably like a top 10 theater experience movie. It is so much fun to watch in the theater. Like, especially the nude wrestling scene. That's when you look around and you start to learn a little bit more about the people who are around you. But there are parts of that movie where. It's like, when he's attacking people who have power, that's what I really like. When he's attacking people who are just, like, they're kind of weak and powerless, and he's just going after them, I don't really feel like it's all that funny. Additionally, this is one of those things, I can't believe I'm the one who's saying this, but, uh, Alex, typically I'd expect this from you, that the fans have largely ruined it. I am so unbelievably sick of the very nice and all this other stuff that came out of it. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, see, it's, see, that's yeah. the thing. that That's taken on a whole new life for me. Dude, oh, it's, it's reversed so now the my wife thing has come back. <laughs> <laughs> The entire fucking conversation around the weed rat and realizing weed rat is not actually like a rat. It's just Borat with the word weed put in there. <laughs> it's just like it, it, like the entire movie just got that much better. But uh, to talk about Borat for like two seconds, um, yeah. I've seen it three times mm-hmm. and most recently like two years ago. So I saw it in theaters, which was, you're absolutely right, an amazing theater experience. Mm-hmm. I saw it the first night I ever smoked weed which was also an incredible experience because, like, I couldn't think of a better high movie to watch. And then I watched, like, like I wanted to, I really wanted to know if that movie held up. And, like, the thing with that movie is you really have to take yourself back to, like, 05, 06 when it came out. You definitely and, like, do. Just, just what, what the American mindset at the time was. And, like, that that is probably Sasha Baron Cohen's, like, most effective social commentary by far just due to like how this country was wired after 9-11 
and just like like how this country treated people from that part of the world and i think that that is what makes that movie hold up is to have been alive in that time and experience that like i don't think you you could like show borat to an 18 year old right now and they would think it was funny that's but a good like, point ha- you know having lived through that it's like it's very prescient in the way that it deals with a lot of those issues oh, that absolutely. nobody was talking about. I think the, and the most prescient scene, I think, in the entire movie was actually the scene with the uh, frat bros in their trailer. Oh, it's yeah. Like, boy, wow, he kind of nailed that one. And the other thing is people keep talking about, or Republicans keep talking about, how uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was such a disgusting character, and Borat was disgusting, and again, the nude wrestling scene and everything. But uh, he never really appears to be the most disgusting character. It's really everyone else around him. He's kind of a reflection of everybody. I mean, you look at the, the frat bros and all that stuff and, uh, and the way that he reacts to stuff. And sometimes I wonder how much Sasha Baron Cohen cares about that which he's lampooning. I know for a fact that he cares about anti-Semitism. I can tell. But everything else, I, I wonder how much he cares about... Well, guns in America. I, I don't know how much he cares about, you know, rampant uh, nationalism. I mean, but does it matter? Like, I I think it does. Th- there's a, there's a message a that needs to get there's a message that needs to get out there, and just because your messenger isn't the greatest doesn't mean the message isn't. It's not so much about whether his message is the greatest. I think it's well. I, I don't know. I think there should be a little bit of sincerity in there. And is it funny? Yes, it's still funny. But there's something that rings with a little bit of falsity in it, where he's I can clearly doing I can clearly see he's doing this more to shock in order to get a shock response and, and less to shock to get a change out of anything. But then again, I think, uh, well, as to whether there was any change, I guess it hardly really matters because uh, we're never going to change, are we? Correct. Two, two more seconds on that subject because yeah. I, I actually coincidentally was in a conversation about his movies earlier today. And I also saw Bruno in theaters, which is like yeah. a much more problematic I have, movie. I have something to but, say about Bruno, yeah. But also, holy shit, seeing meat spin on the big screen and watching <laughs> yeah. three people walk out is, like, maybe top ten theater experience in my life. Like, oh my lord. See, <laughs> I also, I also saw... swinging around on screen and these people can't handle it. I also saw Bruno, but I think my thing is that it wasn't just that Bruno is a bad movie, and I think Bruno is a bad movie. I think, Bruno, it kind of backs up my point on this. I think Sasha Baron Cohen's shtick was really wearing thin by this point, and Bruno is kind of illustrative of that point. And I didn't bother to see The Dictator, I didn't bother to see whatever buddy detective movie he made. Oh my god, I forgot about I'll watch This is America at some point, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, Bruno is just, I mean, you look at uh, Borat, that thing is under 90 minutes. And it's you can tell if it was going on a little bit longer. I don't know if I would have been able to take much more. But there's a lot of really good stuff in there, and the stuff that he nails is like out of the park home run. But the stuff that doesn't hold up, I don't know. It just doesn't really work for me anymore. In fact, there's a gutter ball. He really should have gone off that awful like uh, Christian revival sort of thing. I and he just I don't know. I just felt like it was a missed opportunity. But whatever. I'm, I mean, he's obviously far more successful than I am. Anyway, that's... Like, to uh, bring it back to what you yeah. said, like, about 18-year-olds now watching it, you can't appreciate Borat unless you remember what happened to the Dixie Chicks. That's, that's a good point, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. That's where this country was. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, maybe like, we yeah, shouldn't murder these now. brown people in the wrong country. Fucking what? You, you know what? Actually, I think you guys both make a good point that if this movie was released today and everything that went into it, we would say it's like it's not quite good enough. It'd be like, yeah, okay, these jokes don't really work. Some of this is funny, but most of it just doesn't work. But releasing it in 2000, what, 2005, 2006, yeah. like he did? It's a right place, right time movie. It's a 2006. For sure. 
Yeah, it's very much of its time, but a, a good time capsule instead of dated, you know? Like, so. like it's 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 hard for me to make the the argument that this dude that has a scene that's wearing the fucking same bikini from the uh, uh, the Sex on the Beach fail video is like really really relevant <laughs> to our culture, but it is like like I that like that it. I I think that movie like even if the the humor doesn't age well, it's important. And I, I, how that's many a good point. Actually, you say this that? is extremely important. I think I'm coming back around to it after talking about it for a bit. I didn't dislike the movie. It's I, I don't know. I, I just felt like I, I wasn't laughing as hard as I did the first time. But then again, how am I going to top that theater experience? Oh my god! I haven't thought of Sex on the Beach fail in like three years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you got to rewatch more. You're going to be All thinking right. about it again in a second after uh, something that I talk about during what we watched recently. Well, I, I'm going to finish up uh, the rest of the yeah, ones yeah. that I watched. Please, I watched a lot. Please, so. Yeah. 1951 black and white movie God by Elliot Kazan. It. It's called A Place it in the Sun. So it's got well. Montgomery Clift and <laughs> so Shelley Winters. And uh, what, what's her name? Oh, yeah, Liz Taylor. Now, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, it's more of a drama than a romance. And uh, I think Charlie Chaplin called it the best movie ever made about America. But the one reason you should watch it. And I know it's like oh, a two-hour black and white movie from the 50s. Come on, Chris. No, no, no. You've got to watch it just for Liz Taylor because A, she's gorgeous, and B, she was really committed to acting. So committed, in fact, that she takes perhaps the hardest fall I've ever seen an actress take in a movie. In one scene, she's like upset about something. Montgomery Cliff got taken away. He got arrested for false accusations or whatever. And she's told, you got to faint in this bedroom, right? So she stands there and she faints hard like i have no idea how she did this it's clear it's all done in one take because she had no care about her face no care about her ribs she hits it like a sack of bricks and it's actually kind of incredible to watch so uh next one up here uh alex i think you've heard of this it's called mission impossible it's from 1996 and it's got tom cruise so I'm trying to get ready for Mission Impossible. What's the next one? It's, it's uh, eight, nine, something like that. Six. Anyway, I was like, oh, okay, I'll go back and rewatch the Mission Impossible movies. And I've only got the first one so far. And I mean, what a movie! It's it's, it's pretty obvious. This is it's famous I, for a reason. I, like, I know on. for a fact I've said this on a podcast before, but that movie is so fucking stressful to watch. Like, oh like, man, this, the, the, the suspension the t- scene. I I have, I have so like I've I've maybe never seen a movie that made me tense than watching that for the first time like every single beat of that movie it like and i said this before as well but uh the worst thing about that movie is that you now know that there are sequels like you know that like you know who makes it out of that movie without that knowledge like that movie is just so fucking intense because Mm -hmm. that's one of those movies where after emilio estevez gets crushed by the elevator it's like oh anyone could die at any time in this movie (laughs) Like, I completely forgot he died there. I was like, oh, I, I, I forgot what he did in the third act. Oh, yeah, he didn't have one. Now, Parker, remember when we were talking about uh, Wild Wild West and I immediately asked you if you've ever seen the TV show? <laughs> <laughs> now, similar thing with Mission Impossible. Did any of us ever watch the 60s TV show? I didn't know that show existed until about a decade ago, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. So, uh, until it's about three movies in, I was like, huh, you don't say. Well, I'll never watch Until that. we send Tom Cruise back in time, I'm not interested. Exactly. And anyway, and so I read, I read more about the trivia, and apparently the people who made that TV show were really insulted, and the people who wrote it and acted in it and edited it and put all that work into the show said that it was a really unfaithful adaptation. And I guess the 1996 uh, version of Mission Impossible is a bit of a slap in the face to the original show. It kind of misses the point of everything, and I don't care, because this is the best version of Mission Impossible that you're going to get. 
Like I'm not going to go back and watch that sixties TV show. I mean, this is this is such a good movie, and I can I can kind of see how it changed your show. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that like it kind of probably led to uh, a bad spate where movies were trying to you know resurrect things that were just fine on their own and then sort of ruin it with their own takes. I, I mean, think about the Inspector Gadget movie. <laughs> think about Wild Wild we'll West. We'll get to that shortly. <laughs> Oh, you didn't Sorry. watch the Inspector Gadget movie, did you? <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. Oh, I'm Jesus. so excited. All right, well, next up, I'll get to this as quickly as I can here. 1952, I watched The Quiet Man with John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. And I have to admit, it was a surprisingly good movie. And it's a good thing we don't have the other Alex on because it's also really sexist. So You don't say. Uh, skip that one, I guess. Usually he has really regular thoughts about women in Comanche. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I watched uh, uh, The Black Swan. Ooh. 1942. God damn it! Ah, <laughs> he Tyrone got Power. Fuck. A swashbuckling romance. Also has Marina oh, Hara in it. Fucking die. <laughs> And it's nowhere near as good as Captain Blood from 1935, black and white. Uh, anyway, next up I watched 1952, Umberto D. And I know what you're wondering. Is this the Italian neorealist movie that was mentioned by Tom Servo in a season 9 episode of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000? Oh, I was going to yes, ask if it is. was the guy that made the spaghetti sauce. No, that's Paul <laughs> Oh Newman. boy, Umberto. You <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> Damn it. I had my shot. I should have taken it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Umberto D is uh, filmed in Depresso Vision, like every single neorealist movie ever made. Like, every who the fuck list. actually likes The Bicycle Thief? Like, who watches that for fun? I fucking hate that movie. Oh, I was yes, gonna say I too you, am aware but, uh, of this movie. <laughs> I, I know it's like one of the most important movies ever made, but fuck Umberto D and fuck Bicycle Thieves. Anyway, Parker, one I'm of fine. these days, I'm going to punish you by making you watch Umberto D. Not because it's Italian, not because it's neorealist, not because it's 1952, not because it was filmed in Depresso Vision, but there's a scene with a dog towards the yep. end that is... Pass. Particularly, you maybe watch a movie sad. with a dog already, motherfucker. We'll get to it. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. And uh, nineteen fifty. So, okay, mm-hmm. now this one I warned you about, Parker. I watched a nineteen fifty three movie called The War of the Worlds. No, not the Tom Cruise version. Why bother? I well, I made a huge mistake because I put it on. It's like, oh, it's in color. That's nice. And then the aliens look kind of goofy. And the main character's name is Doctor Clayton Forrester. And I oh. could not take the movie seriously after hearing that. So uh, it just, I'd actually kind of, it would have made the movie uh, all right because I could have imagined him in the green coat and everything yelling at TV's Frank, but he was nowhere to be found. So I have no memory of War of the Worlds. I did get a high score in Kirby Adventure. And then I watched 1953's Peter Pan, the Disney version. I That is one of my, like, I think it might be in my top five most seen movies of all time. I used to rent it from John's video all the time. It was one of my all-time favorites. And uh, yeah, then he got arrested for saying the N word. They had to close down all their stores. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, I never, I've never been to a blockbuster in my life. I only had John's video because that was what was local. Uh, I love little... regular John and his videos. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's basically what it was. Uh, I saw Peter Pan a lot, and I saw fucking uh, Little Mermaid a lot. But anyway, Peter Pan Birth has a lot of really good stuff. I saw it in HD. Boy, HD really does make a difference. Like, you can see the way the characters, like, faces move and everything, and it's one of the things that Disney that Disney did and still does better than everyone else is just pure animation. Like, they are so good at just drawing beautiful art and then making it move. 
there's a lot to like about Peter Pan. It's all about capturing imagination and finding the child within you and racism. So, uh, and adventure, too. So, uh, yeah, there's lots to recommend about Peter Pan. You don't need to watch it. Also, it's for babies. And uh, last up, I think, I don't, I don't know if I watched anything else, uh, it was 1953's Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. It has Jane Russell and Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe has the single most irritating voice I've heard since Kathy Ireland. I, the entire movie... Well, I just love diamonds. Uh, just shut. I can't. I can't do. They almost overdubbed her voice with Marnie Nixon, and then they decided not to. All right, uh, Parker. What classic movies did you watch? Oh, buddy, the first <laughs> classic movie I watched was Truth or Dare. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't see this. I lucked so out. Oh, much worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I told you. Okay, first of all, right off the bat, it's this PG-13 movie clearly aimed towards high schoolers. The nerve to be a hundred minutes. How fucking dare you? This movie starts with a teenage girl burning a Mexican woman to death. What? Oh no! And then it just turns. Dare you to burn this old woman alive? (laughs) I wonder if you had a similar experience where they showed the CGI smile and your thought was, "Oh fuck, that's not going to be in the whole movie, is it?" I saw that production still, and I was just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That happens, like, 40 times. I, the first time they showed it, I laughed so hard, and I I saw this in a theater in Singapore, and that was the day, that was the day that I realized that white people are the black theater goers of Singapore, because there was (laughs) one other white person in that entire theater, and he was also cackling extremely loudly during this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like everyone else is silent and we're just like laughing and be like no he's not doing that right now <laughs> so this director who also wrote true memoirs of an international assassin aka kevin james's netflix movie kick ass uh, 2 and cry wolf pitched this movie with the title and the opening sequence and nothing else imagine that first viewing in that office <laughs> Imagine that reaction of what the butt fucking Christ is this. I've never seen a movie with more unlikable characters in my entire life, and I watch a lot of garbage movies. Now, Parker, answer me this. Wasn't the production company A24? <laughs> yeah, you, you know. It's yeah, that, that's the thing. People quality. people keep telling me, it's like, at this point, I just have to see anything from A24. Well, no, this, this, was, this was... This was Blumhouse, dude. This is oh, not, Blumhouse? It was Blumhouse? A24 yes, it would never greenlight yeah. this dog shit. You yeah. keep saying that. I'm sure A24 has, directed, has produced something bad out there. I, I, I could not this bad. Once we watch it, you'll be watching it too, buddy. Like, there's a part, like, in the first act where the main character reveals that her friend is cheating on her boyfriend. And everyone hates her for it for the next hour. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Owens. <laughs> Like, every person from every conceivable side is mad at her for narking on her girlfriend being a humongous slut in Mexico. I, That's a critical plot point. <laughs> my, 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 favorite, my favorite part of this movie is, like, okay, so, like, the, the worst part of this movie is that the only two characters that are remotely interesting or funny are the first two to die. 
Like, the, fir- the first guy being a clear ripoff of the Shermanator from American Pie. <laughs> and so then cool. just immediately eating shit. Like, it's funny, but also it's like, damn, I would have loved to have had that annoying-ass character around for a while. But he like, fucking in, biffs it so hard. In, in every scene, it's like, you're just rooting for the death. Like, that girl, like, that has to chug vodka as she walks back and forth along the roof. And you're, it's like, it goes on for, like, four minutes, and the whole time you're like, just die. Just die. Just die. You're cheering for the death in a PG-13 movie. If yeah. this was the same title, same conceit, but it had Final Destination style deaths, A plus, easy. That's you can't fuck that up. I, I don't know. That ending's real bad. You want to talk about that? <laughs> this is this is one of the things where the plot lets down the rest of the movie. <laughs> you know what? I want you can take the ending because I know you've been holding this deep down for like three months now. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll, I'll I'll give the Cliff Notes version of this ending. So basically, they find out that they're stuck in this game of truth or dare because. Some Mexican nuns, like eighty years ago, were also stuck in this game of truth or dare, and to like trap, they were being to tra- assaulted by a priest? Question mark? And they're like, all right, well, let's get away from him. And then their prize was to get murdered by a ghost. Yeah. So, so they, they, they spin the bottle with holy water. Basically, yes. So they, they 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 figure out that the only way to deal with this ghost is for like the girl that released the ghost to cut out her tongue and seal it in this jar and leave it in the church. And so she does that. And the, the you find out that in the opening scene of the movie, so when somebody like kicked something over and complained about the smell, it was actually that girl's tongue, and that's why like everybody's like bitching about uh, the smell, because uh, it's like an eighty-year-old decomposed tongue, so that's normal. So like the the people that are remaining that haven't been killed yet track down the the guy that brought them into the game who was there the night that like the thing got knocked over, and they're like, we're gonna take you back here and you have to cut out your tongue, and like he's like, this is crazy, this is crazy, and then like tries to go along with it, starts cutting out his tongue, and then the ghost takes over somebody and kills him. And then the ghost is like, ha I guess now you can never end the game. But at some point, they're able to get the ghost into the game of Truth or Dare that he's created with them. So they have the, they, they, they basically ask the ghost Truth or Dare, and it's a situation where he has to pick Dare because of the dumb convoluted rules of this universe. And it's like, you could have just dared the ghost to kill himself, <laughs> but By but the what way, they the what they got with this yeah every the, single the rules scene change regularly you can't do uh, truth twice in a row the next person has to do dare ah but actually you have to do this like, fucking so so, fucking so they they ask the ghost like well how do we get out of this game and the ghost is like I have to be honest you can't get out of this game you're stuck in it forever ha 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 and then so the the guy that's with them that is banging both of them dies like quote unquote sacrifices himself to save the two girls ignoring the fact that both of the girls are also going to inevitably die in this game. And they're only out for the game is for the one girl to upload a YouTube video of her asking her viewers truth or dare and getting the rest of the world involved in this game. It's so cool. It's basic. it's almost like the ring ending, isn't it? Correct. What if she had just turned to the, to the like the camera and said, truth or to credits? Well, like, like, like I said to Parker... It's basically the ending of Stay Alive, except worse. <laughs> it's, yeah. Which, by the way, that's a double feature and a half right there. Oh, man. It's, 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 she really just did, like, a Jen and the Holograms thing with it. How like, like they, movie they, for you. They, they reference okay. her having, like a, like, a YouTube presence, like, early in the movie. And, like, you just forget about it. Because why would I care about some teenager being on YouTube? And then... God, like, it's just... In the trivia, it says that the director has been drawing these scary grins since high school. And you see the movie, like, 
It's just a fucking Grinch smile, and you made a movie. <laughs> it's, it looks <laughs> really stupid. It's, it's, it's not even creepy. It's, it's just like so huh, embarrassing the forty seventh time it happens. This movie could have been real good if anybody with like more than ninety IQ directed it. This so easily could have been another Happy Death Day, and they just biffed it in every way. I wrote down the line word for word because someone goes, "Search Mexican truth or dare." That's how they investigate the curse. <laughs> and then they find a bunch of fucking missing kids from Mexico. And then, and then <laughs> they get in touch with that one girl that's in the game by threatening her on Facebook. <laughs> Look at this in here, bitch. We're gonna find you. We're gonna kill your family. <laughs> and then they go and she talks to her fucking Mexican grandma with no tongue. God, what a good movie. <laughs> so what else did you watch? Speaking of good movies... I watched Rampage. It's not one of them. Oh. Rampage takes itself so seriously. Ooh, and it's so that's, disappointing. Mm. Oh, no, like, no, no. Give it to a director who has the rock turn into a giant gorilla. Like, the fact is, like, well, there's this thing in space and it crashes on Earth and then these three animals get to it and that's why they're giant and aggressive. Like, no, just, just have people turn into monsters and knock over buildings. Yeah, it's so bizarre that they would do that, that The Rock is going to be human throughout the entire movie. Like, we all know the conceit of Rampage here. Nope, he's just a dude. He's just a guy who works with the monkey. Might as well just put Matthew Broderick in it, then. But here's the thing. The third act is what you think it would be. And because of that, it's somehow automatically still a top five video game movie. Just (laughs) by sheer elimination. So congratulations. The one bright spot is Jeffrey Dean Morgan knows exactly what kind of movie he's in. He's like... Now I should do this thick southern accent and talk in weird, charming old colloquialisms. Don't worry about it. He clearly does not give a shit about anything in this production, and that's fun to watch. But boy, what a... That could have been so much better. By the way, I... The dude did San Andreas, like, not a way to ground this and make it more realistic. Never stop fucking off. I'm glad you also liked San Andreas. It's a movie. It's exactly what I, I mean, wanted it to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly as advertised, and it doesn't let me down, which is, like, something that it, only 30% of movies can do anymore. So It's really funny when you look at that movie and go, he could save all those people, but he's just going to fly off to go save his ex-wife. <laughs> like, four <laughs> times. <laughs> that movie's real good. Let's see. So after that, Chris, my friend. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, no, no. We'll get to that. Oh, God. Chris, I watched five hours of Twin Peaks The Return. Ask me what's happened so far. Uh, what happened so far? Fuck if I know. I don't have a goddamn clue what this show is. That's exactly Nothing what makes made me sense. kind of give up on it. Um, I don't understand anything. I feel like when I heard that the original script was about seven hours worth and the show was 18 hours. Look, I'm sure David Lynch is a nice guy, but can someone else please edit his work? Hello! Like, here's the thing. Even if I end up hating this, which I might end up if things don't change soon. It's, it's fine if you do. I don't know. It's okay. I'm I will always that. appreciate the fact that this exists. That Showtime just gave him, like, $100 million sitting here. Go make this weird thing. Like, the fact that they let this happen, regardless of whether or not I like it, I appreciate. But boy, I have 13 more hours. It's daunting saying that out loud. You're gonna you're gonna end up seeing more of it than I did. I gave up like a long time ago. I just don't have the time. Like I, I watched the first four in a row. We fucking barreled through them, and after four hours, like I don't know what the fuck any of this. 
who are these people? What are we talking about? So yeah, that's... We'll see how that goes. Then I watched Mission Impossible 2. Oh, oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, jeez. I can't... That means Alex watched Mission Impossible 3. This is great. Oh, that, I, that, let's, let's not say things we can't say back. <laughs> if you cut the slow motion out of Mission Impossible 2, it would be a tight 75 minutes. <laughs> it is incredible how... Show some respect to John Wick. It's... About halfway through the movie, I pivoted. It's like, I'm going to imagine this movie as what John Woo thinks an American blockbuster is. And then it became incredible when I started watching it that way. Yeah, we'll just show a close-up with this lady's cleavage. <laughs> and then Tom Cruise will walk in. Then doves will fly by in slow motion. And then they'll have a bike fight. Fucking <laughs> 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 entire it's... climax with the motorcycles. <laughs> it's so good. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> fucking this is this is one of the ones that people really dislike. People get really mad about Mission Impossible. It too. is made a ton of money. It's it is required viewing. It's, it's yeah. You have to know it's, that it exists. It's part of the American experience for real. It's so fucking good. like I will. It's a bad movie, but I had so much fun. Not not but to compare it not to compare it to another John Woo movie, but I feel the same way about Face Off. Or, like, if somebody tells me they haven't seen Face Off, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I don't care if you enjoy this, you have to see it. Like, yeah, like, regardless of whether you have a good time or not, regardless of the fact that both movies are far too long, you have to watch it once and just have it in your brain forever. Face Off is one of those movies where it puts a grin on your face so long it starts to hurt your jaw. You know, it's, <laughs> it is fun, fun, fun the whole way through. Similar to Truth or Dare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what I was thinking of. We all talk in private about Wikipedia just owning people and their descriptions. <laughs> so I went to the Wikipedia page of the guy who plays the villain. In 2000, he signed on to play the villain in Mission Impossible 2, handpicked by Tom Cruise. He was going to play Wolverine in the feature film version of X-Men. When Mission Impossible 2 went over schedule and he was injured in a motorbike accident, he was forced to drop out of the project. The next sentence... After the 2002 release of Die Another Day, he was a candidate to replace Pierce Brosnan. Despite the numerous reports they were leaning towards him, the role eventually went to Daniel Craig. He had two once-in-a-lifetime opportunities just ripped away from him, and then he never, ever started anything again. So I watched a Shudder-exclusive movie called Ruin Me, because it had a premise that immediately made me jump in. So you see, these people all go onto a slasher sleepout, and then people start getting murdered. Boom. In. Immediately. It's one of those little, like, retreat camps for big losers like myself where you go and there's, like, all these, like, scavenger hunts and people start getting fake murdered. And then people start getting murdered. That's really all you need. It's a quick movie. The thing I really liked... Okay, so it's a horror comedy, so of course there's always going to be the one guy who's super meta and has seen all the movies you've seen. And within ten minutes, every character fucking hates him and tells him to his face how much they hate him. And that really put a smile on my face. Boy, that's not relatable at all. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't, I don't know what that I, I don't get it. The ending almost pissed me off. Like, it was starting to swerve. I was like, if you motherfuckers do this cop-out. But then they swerved out of the way, and everything was okay. After that, I watched Bridesmaids, because I have not seen it since it came out. Alright, how does it hold up? So, here's the thing. Tell me if you've heard this before about a certain person's movies. It's very funny. It's got a lot of funny scenes. Everyone gives good performances. Why the fuck is it two hours long? Uh-oh. 
And also, we get to the third act, and we kind of forget to have jokes. We just get to the emotional core and kind of forget the punchlines. So, kind of like a picture we all watched for this episode. (laughs) Two hours. Yeah. I mean, it does have a good old-fashioned freak-out scene, which is always good in a movie, where the main character just loses their goddamn mind and has a complete emotional breakdown in everyone, and that's always appreciated. Too bad about Ghostbusters. Anyways, speaking of ghosts... I went down a rabbit hole, you guys. Oh, yes. Because here's the thing. A movie was recommended to me called Ghost Stories, but before I could watch that, I had to go to YouTube and search Ghost Stories anime and spend the next hour re-watching that. Yes! It's so good. Three different best of compilations, and that was my (laughs) night for a while. I will never get over how much I love it. It's legitimately my top like three anime of all time. It's such a time capsule. Like there's like seven Hurricane Katrina jokes. (laughs) (laughs) They're talking about Bill O'Reilly on there. (laughs) I forgot how far they go with a lot of it. They go. They go real far. They they go real fucking far. That is the most mid-2000s-ass thing I've ever heard. I love it so much. The movie Ghost Stories is also good, but for different reasons. (laughs) It's a horror anthology with a nice wraparound story. It's a little too jump-scary for me. That's I'm usually going to lean towards less jump-scares because they're easy. But it's a pretty good movie. I like the wraparound where it's this guy, he's like the skeptic who, you know, just shits all over, like, psychics and stuff like that and they give them these three cases that no one's been able to solve and they all tie together very good little movie after that i watched food fight you sack of human (laughs) shit (laughs) i have never (laughs) wanted to turn a movie i as soon as it starts we're coming to just calling on yeah, it's, there's an emergency. I don't know when I'll be home again. <laughs> I can't record this anymore. Jesus. With you. Like, <laughs> it's that one's the worst, right? That that one's probably uh, the the worst animated movie you've ever seen in your life. Like everyone knows about Food Fight, but the experience. <laughs> no description does justice to how fucking bad it is. It defies <laughs> words. Like, just the animation, like, okay, yeah, it's that's shitty animation, haha. Like, no, no, that it is so it's, much worse than shitty. It's, like, legitimately hard to look at. I I, oh, I did not think I was going to make it in one sitting. It got to the point, I was, like, an hour in, I was just muttering, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Because <laughs> I knew if I didn't finish it then, there was no way. I was oh, just yeah. going to read the Wikipedia and go, yeah, and then it was over. Yeah, that was, ooh, <laughs> oh, so bad. Like, this fucking bonsai buddy ass looking movie. This fucking Donkey Kong Country cartoon piece of garbage. It's, it looks so much worse than Donkey Kong Country. There there are no jokes in this movie. It tries to be funny without telling jokes. The only jokes that I know that are in there, like I can tell it's like, oh, there's like supposed to be something funny here, are the really overly sexualized jokes. I god damn it. That <laughs> dog wants to fuck that human woman so badly. <laughs> Like, scene it's, to scene, there are just random characters whose audio sounds like it was recorded in a fucking tin can because that's just all they had after their hard drives were stolen and they couldn't pay a decade later to redo it. It's so... I, 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 I would put it... I'm not exaggerating, 
when I say I will not forgive you for this. <laughs> like I, this I think whole I time we've been giving each my other top ten worst movies ever made. Maybe top five. Trying to give each other these interesting movies that the other person had to watch that whether they liked them or not make good conversation. You just fucking spit on me, is what you did. I know, I, I know I went too far. I, I kept thinking over the weekend, you know, he hasn't watched it yet. Maybe I should, like, reassign him, like, Akira, The Wrath of God or something. And he'd complain about that. Oh, it's a foreign movie. It's from the 70s. Oh, there's no horror in this. But, uh, no, I... That's fine. I mean, you say you like Laugh horror. Laugh it up. You say God, you like I... things that scare the shit out of you. Fucking... This is one of the ones where no one can can go into this and come out saying anything other than that is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's... I mean, everyone says, oh, I've seen all these like terrible movies. I'm a bad movie connoisseur. Oh, I, what about this one movie? Like Ninja Terminator is really bad. It's really cheesy. No, 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 no. You don't understand bad movie until you've seen Food Fight. I almost quit seven minutes in. Seven? <laughs> I mean, that's... I know because yeah. I looked. I was like, all right, how far? Oh, like as soon as I saw the grocer outside of the supermarket, like the way that he waves and everything, uh, Parker, you want to do something fun for me? I'm not gonna try. I physically, no, no. I've tried. Yeah, could you? Uh, I'll tell you what, I've got internet access here. I'm gonna go to I've Wikipedia. Tried to walk like the villain does. No, no, physically no. cannot do. It. <laughs> that was oh god. Now I'm remembering that. That was also like fucking. By the way, funny. so. To remind me, this was all the stuff was recorded in two thousand two, right? Uh, basically, the entire plot of this movie is that Charlie Sheen dog is trying to fuck and marry two thousand two Hillary Duff. So <laughs> that's cool, I guess. Alex, that's how much perfect. do you know about Food Fight? Very, very little, and I intend to keep it that way. Hey, I, uh, Parker. <laughs> Parker, do me a favor. Close down your uh, internet browser. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little bet here. We're gonna bet yeah. on because I'm gonna give you a little something here, so we don't have to bet on Mission Impossible. This seems a little too easy. Uh, do you have your internet browser closed? I do. Okay, we're gonna bet on the budget for Food Fight. Do you know the budget for Food Fight? I don't. Okay. I saw the runtime and my eyes went black. That movie. Okay. The nerve of it to I'm... not be 91 minutes is infuriating. Okay, so mid credit scenes with jokes from characters I, that weren't on for the last. I know. Oh. I'm going to. Oh. I'm going to give you uh, oh. a little bet here, over or under the budget at sixty six point six million. Over. It's under. It's sixty five million. <laughs> what the <laughs> you fuck? Got another one. <laughs> oh. Oh, my balls hurt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, oh what I have planned for you. How did you like Eva Longoria in this movie? I didn't. How did you like Harvey Firestein as Fat Cat Burglar? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, like, I had it narrowed down to a genre. I'm literally staring at exactly what I'm going to make you pick when the time comes. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance. It's crystallized for... in my brain. You you seem so dead set on this that I'm going to I'm going to give you a chance, and uh, we'll we'll bet on Mission Impossible. Does that sound fair? Fucking whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, Alex. Next time you lose a bet, I'm going to have to give you food fight. I nah, already not... I already know what you're getting, buddy. So you're... don't worry. Oh, okay. I have specifically designed this to hurt you. 
as much as humanly possible. Oh, you say that. I'm like, I had jokes like, ha, ah, this looks bad. He'll hate that. No. <laughs> nah. All right. Ugh. See, we have to get ourselves ready for football, you know? Oh, tr- buddy. Okay, so recording's almost an hour long. Alex, what did you watch? Oh, All buddy, right. hang on. Oh, sorry, you got more? I d- I'm you know sorry, I, can, I didn't mean to step on your toes. I can skip Midnight Meat Train, which I forgot existed. Oh, we'll get to that later on. <laughs> But sister. there's one thing that I just finished watching about an hour before we jumped on. Because, boys, I moved on to Mission Impossible 3. Oh, yes. Oh, oh and, yes. Uh, after Thank he God I don't have to watch it. That, that it's just J.J. Abrams wishing it was a Bond movie. I could not notice anything else the entire time. Yep. Yeah, it's, I think that's about the way I remember it. Also, the movie feels like a sequel to a movie that does not exist. There's also a lot of emotional core with that blonde agent. Like, is she from two? No, that's not even. No, like, who the, f- who are these people? Okay, here's a random flashback of them training and laughing. And are they fucking? Nope. Ving Graham's asked him. Apparently not. I don't like. I don't understand. But Philip Seymour Hoffman's really good, so it's got that going for it. Yeah, it was fine. It was perfectly watchable. You know how much I love Tom Cruise. Oh, the I last do. the last three times I tried to watch that movie, I fell asleep. It's like, just, I, I can't do it's it. It's so fucking saccharine and emotional, and it ends with them walking away to go on their honeymoon with this sweet fucking string music playing. Murder me. Uh, I had a weird moment when I was putting him like, yeah, it's not really good. But, you know, we're not at the good movies yet. We're not at four and five. And I realized, how many franchises do you say, no, 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 we're not at the fifth movie yet. We're not at the good stuff. <laughs> God bless uh, Well, you could so definitely much. do that with, like, Fast and the Furious. That's good company to be in. Being in company with Fast Five is a... I'm gonna, I'm to gonna take umbrage with that, because... I, okay, fast yeah, fine. Tokyo you and your Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift is a masterpiece. Tokyo Drift episode. is... Y- yes. How have we not done that yet? It feels weird. How much would it cost to get a replica Hulk car? I, I, I keep buy thinking the that! I don't, want, I don't want a replica. Like, that's my life goal. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking elevators. <laughs> Have you seen the fucking Drift King video? Yes. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> no, nothing more will be said about this. Good. I just needed to make sure you'd seen it. <laughs> I think that's it. The only thing I want to mention about Midnight Meat Train is that the entire movie I was just thinking about the Hey Arnold Ghost Train episode. <laughs> oh, I keep thinking about that now too. <laughs> like the movie has this ridiculous style. I'm like, this makes no sense, and it gets to the end. And the director's some Japanese name, I don't know. So I look into it. It's all movies I've never heard of. And then Godzilla Final Wars. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Ah, the good one. Whatever. The guy who made the last Godzilla movie with every monster made this Bradley Cooper horror movie. Movies are good. Alex, tell me about Bigfoot, please. All right. So I don't have too many movies to get through, so I'll try to make this quick for the sake of Chris's editing sanity. God bless. So as promised last week... I watched Ghost Shark or uh, House Shark, or, or <laughs> rather, I, I should house. say, I should say, I attempted to watch House Shark because that movie is real bad, and like after fifteen minutes, we turned it off. Oh. It's one of those movies that like tries to be like raunchy funny, but is neither Ugh. funny or, I guess it's extremely raunchy. Never mind. But uh, um, there's only one thing about this movie that I really want to bring up. It has quite possibly the laziest uh, way to get somebody naked in the movie I've ever seen, which I appreciated, which was the babysitter just has to get naked before she takes a shit, which <laughs> was made she me laugh. Was she wearing a la- romper or something? 
<laughs> no, she just takes off her clothes because she can't poop while clothed or something. Which reminded me of the only person that I've ever that I've ever known that also does that. Our good friend, the sauce. <laughs> I was really what? hoping he'd bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like ninety percent sure he's one of those people that takes a shower afterwards, but I cannot confirm it. I, that's what I have been told. But okay, I, good. I mean, we heard the same story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so never so listen so. To House Shark was a massive bust. So after that, I was like, fuck, well, I don't know what to watch. So I'm just, like, scrolling through Showtime anytime. And I get stopped uh, by my, uh, my my friend who I was watching this with. And he goes, wait, is that a King Arthur movie where they have guns on the cover? <laughs> I was like, okay, sure, let's do it. Just click that. Let's just jump right in. So this movie's, like, probably 100 minutes. And the first 75 to 80 minutes are pretty bad. Uh, basically, the premise is way back when in King Arthur times uh, the bad guys got launched into orbit and now the bad guys are back and they're trying to kill the descendants of King Arthur to get Excalibur back or like uh-huh. the descendants of all of like the, the Knights of the Round Table and all uh, apparently the descendant of Merlin is some girl who looks like Rajon Rondo who gets got in like the first <laughs> ten minutes which is pretty funny in and of itself um, hey, so, so anyway like I said there's, uh, there's guns in the cover the, the, the dude that's the descendant of Arthur and the dude that's the descendant of Lancelot are both marines for some reason. Also, the movie's in Thailand. I feel like I should mention that. Oh, um, so they're both marines on leave. Who one of, uh, one of them used to date the girl that the other one is now engaged to. So that's like a thing. There's like all this like macho horseshit from people who can't act. No guns for like 80 minutes. And it's like, man, this is a real waste of time. And then like it starts building towards the climax... There's a there's a scene that goes literally two minutes. That's just the the dude that's Lancelot's descendant swinging around axes while Butt Rock plays, and it's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so like the the whole time they're talking about like this uh you know this proverb or about like beware of the false victory. So they defeat the bad guy with like t- fifteen minutes left in the movie. And Chris, let me ask you. Let me just put you to the the test on this one. If if yeah. I were to tell you. That somebody was doing a modern retelling of the King Arthur legend, and they needed a modern stand-in for a dragon. What would you expect that to be? Jeremy Irons, Transformer. Both of you are close enough. It was a giant humanoid robot lady that shot fire, and <laughs> the last ten minutes of this movie were just a robot destroying Thailand and shooting fire at people before they killed it by apparently getting Excalibur back and stabbing it. And the payoff made the entire movie worth it. Like, 100%. It's rare that I waste 80 minutes of my life on some horseshit movie. But, man, they, they just didn't have the budget to get a CGI dragon, so they made it a giant robot. And that's, <laughs> that's fine. Hey, yo, did the dragon guy show up? Not yet. All right. <laughs> Plan B. All right. So, so Chris, to uh, when you were talking about the, the Mission Impossible TV show earlier, I, I also watched something... A movie that is fairly recent that was adapted from an old, well-regarded TV show. I watched 2006's Miami Vice. Oh, jeez, I forgot that existed. Yeah, so so here's the thing. It's a Michael Mann movie, and I love Michael Mann. And Colin Farrell's in it, and I love Colin Farrell, and I love Jamie Foxx, and I love basically all of the parts of this movie. And this movie kind of blows. Um, so because it's a Michael Mann movie, like, the shootouts are dope. The sound design is, like, really, really good. But this is also, like, peak Colin Farrell on drugs, so he just mumbles through the entire movie. And it somehow outacts Jamie Foxx, because this was Jamie Foxx coming off Ray. 
and where he's oh, like, I'm on top of the world, I want an Oscar, like, like, fuck you, I'm just gonna mail everything in. I bring this movie up mainly because of the soundtrack, which is maybe the most incredibly bad soundtrack I've ever heard. Okay, <laughs> so the opening title scene, or, the, like, the opening credits are set to the the numb encore mashup from the fucking Jay-Z <laughs> Linkin Park album, which is... Oh, no. Good news. There's our intro. <laughs> oh, no, no. I've got to find anything. Chris, can I get an encore? <laughs> so, so the, the, the female lead in this movie is a Chinese woman whose name I forget, but she doesn't actually, like, know how to read English so she learned the entire script phonetically and doesn't really understand how to talk and it's like really really off-putting but also every time she has sex in this movie it's set to a Chris Cornell song like a different (laughs) one so there's like three different Chris Cornell songs in this movie there's a club scene in Havana that's set I I swear to god it's set to a Spanish man doing a cover of In My Pocket by Mandy Moore (laughs) and the climax of this movie is set to a butt rock cover of In the Air Tonight that goes on for so long that the drum part repeats twice. Oh, no! (laughs) It is unbelievable. And it was such a treat for my ears to hear all of these horseshit songs in the same place. Uh, One last thing on this movie, because, like, this movie is an incoherent mess that apparently, from everything I read online, if you watch it six times, like, the light bulb comes on, it's like, oh, this makes sense now, but I have zero plans to do that. It's shocking to me, like, I feel like any movie that's set in Miami should, like, be good, like, scenically and setting-wise, and yet the only director that has ever figured out how to film a Miami movie is Michael Bay. Like, how do you not just make all of these, like, extremely pastel, extremely bright, like, palm trees and sports car movies? This entire movie is at night. There's, like, two scenes during the day. Like, there's nothing about this movie that says, oh, this takes place in Miami, other than the scene at the very end where they're on, like, a beach at sunrise. There's nothing Miami about it. And, like... Pain and Gain is the most Miami-ass movie I've ever seen. Exactly. You're not wrong. God, Pain and Gain is so fucking good. God, it's so good. Um, I, I mean... All of Michael Bay's good movies take place in Miami. It's kind of crazy. Except for The Rock, <laughs> but we don't need to talk about that. Um, but Miami, yeah, it's just Benghazi like... Two like, best locations. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like it's one of like the truly iconic American cities to set a movie in. Because like, when you're making that list, it's like basically New York, L.A., Seattle, Detroit for the wrong reasons, and Miami. Like, those are the five American cities where if you set something there... I guess San Francisco's on that list, too. Where if you set a movie there, like, the movie is a character in the movie. Like, because... I mean, the city is a character in the movie. Because of, like, the way that city, like, is aesthetically and the way the culture is around it. And this movie just doesn't do anything with it. And that's, like, the most infuriating thing about it. Alright, that's that's enough about Miami Vice. I'll stop, unless you guys, for some reason, want to tack onto that. Oh, um, no, please continue. I don't think I've Miami ever... Vice. I don't think I've ever sat through it. It's it's one one like a video I, game on cable. On that. I think I remember it from Exploit or something. But uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. There's a um, lot going on to so, what you just said. <laughs> so speaking of Colin Farrell, I watched the sequel to SWAT called SWAT Firefight, which stars the guy from Suits. It, it was the most on brand thing I've ever heard. I need so, to... so okay, there's like four butt rock songs in this movie, which I, I feel like after this week I'm just now rooting for butt rock to be in every movie. Because See, there's just something gets it. <laughs> there's something funny about it. 
But uh, like, I, I don't know about you. If I'm watching a movie between 2002 and like 2012, and I hear Rob Zombie song, it's automatically <laughs> an extra star. <laughs> All right, that's definitely so, true, actually. So it's ba- the Dracula scoring metric. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> so basically, like this movie's got a whole lot of cop bullshit. Where like every time there's like a standoff, it's like the guy's like, "I'm gonna count to three, and then you're gonna turn over the hostage," and he counts to two, and so- and the guy gets shot in the head. Like a whole lot of like like women in the in the police workforce as objects and like i'm sitting there during this whole movie like damn there's no way a bunch of cops didn't just get together and write this movie and i looked it up and sure enough a bunch of cops wrote this movie was one of them eddie money (laughs) i wish he used to he used to be a cop like like the the police psychiatrist is a character that becomes prominent because she gets in department asked out by the guy from suits and and then they have like the scene where they go to dinner on the date and she's like I'm not going to have sex with you and then the very next scene is them having sex it's like there's no way that a bunch of like hyper masculine cops didn't make this fucking movie we're not going to do the Mope Avenger <laughs> I can't believe we did the Mope Avenger so yeah that was I a great I the fact that you could point out the guy from Suits in a line yeah, that... hmm. there's a lot huh. The rest of this cast was really dragging. So the guy from Suits is about all I had to go off. Everyone who appears on the show has a brand, Parker. You have to understand. (laughs) It's very important. This was was a fine 5 a.m. movie. I don't regret my decision. It's like 96 minutes. It was fine. So so now let's talk about our good friend, the Quatch. (laughs) (laughs) So so I watched... Is there a funnier term than Squatching, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking incredible. I'm gonna have to play the Tenacious D song over this. All right. So, let's so I, I, as I, as I mentioned before we recorded, I texted Parker about the fact that uh, <laughs> fucking Lance <laughs> Hendrickson has been in four Sasquatch movies, including two in the same year. So I watched two of these movies. Lance Hendrickson, as you know, of Aliens fame, he was the bad guy in Hard Target. Uh, fa- fairly reputable actor. Also now just does nothing but B-movies. So the first one I watched was a movie from this year called Big Legend, which is about a dude and his girlfriend that go out into the woods camping, and his girlfriend gets captured by Sasquatch, and then he goes to, like, a mental asylum to, like, try to get back, like, through it all. And then he gets released and immediately goes back in the woods looking for Sasquatch. You know, very normal guy stuff. As you do. So, like, this movie, this movie is played straight, and, like, it actually is, like, kind of decent for a B-movie. Like, as far as, like, a B-movie that's played straight, like, there isn't a lot of, like, unnecessary quatch violence or anything. There's one dude who I refer to the entire movie as Dime Store Bradley Whitford that he meets in the woods that's, like, with him for a little bit. Arbitrarily breaks his leg and then gets mauled by the Sasquatch. Like, it happens. But, uh, <laughs> so, I, I really, really, the reason I bring this movie up is because of the end of this movie. Which, um, so, so the main character shoots the Sasquatch a bunch and sets an elaborate trap that lights it on fire. And then, like, he, like he's been mauled a bit, so he, like, stumbles to the road and passes out, gets found by a driver. The last scene of this movie, he wakes up at a hospital, which is where we see Lance Henderson for the first time, where, like, okay, so he's, like, he's like in there, he's like, who are you people? Are you doctors? He's like, no, we're not doctors. Like, we're people on a mission. We're trying to accomplish this this goal. Like like, did you kill it? Did you kill the the Sasquatch? And he's like, he's like, I shot it a bunch, and I stabbed it, and I lit it on fire. And he's like, so you just pissed it off. 
And basically, <laughs> the entire the entire reason for this scene is to set up a fucking <laughs> cinematic universe set around Lance Henriksen and this dude hunting down monsters. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and the fucking the fucking card at the end of the movie is like something like 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 the monsters reborn or like these characters will be back in the monsters reborn in 2019 it's a sasquatch cinematic universe and i can't wait for the next movie this is the best news of her <laughs> hands down this is gonna be this is gonna be bigger than godzilla i can already yeah. know it so the other movie that I watched immediately after this also starred Lance Henriksen in a more actual starring role from 2006 called Sasquatch Mountain. So this movie was <laughs> <laughs> this movie was exceptionally low budget and exceptionally campy, and I was kind of in the entire time. So basically, this movie is so low budget that like one of the uh, the major plot points like to get things rolling is like. So there's a bank robbery, and this girl crashes her car into the bank robbers by mistake, but they literally can't afford to film the car crash, so it's just a cutaway and, like, jump shots, and then a bunch of cars turned over, like, which, oh, by the way, the bank robbers rob the bank wearing gorilla masks, which I laughed at for a solid (laughs) minute and a half. So basically, it's this group of, like, 12 people, bank robbers, cops, and their one hostage, like, aimlessly wandering through the woods, periodically getting murdered by the Sasquatch, and... Then at the end, like, four of them live, and they kill the Sasquatch. And you hear these fucking Sasquatch babies crying in the trees. Because clearly these people just shot their mom. And then the movie just kind of ends. (laughs) I feel as though I'm going to be watching more Sasquatch movies this week. Because I had two very good experiences. There are two found footage Bigfoot movies that came out around the same time. One's directed by Bobcat Goldthwait, and one's directed by the Blair Witch Project guy. So oh enjoy your week. Oh, <laughs> no. I, 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 will, I will leave the Sasquatch discussion with this tagline that I said to you guys before we recorded, because I want everyone to hear this. A mm-hmm. man, crippled in an accident, returns to the woods after rehabilitation, certain that he'll not see Bigfoot again. <laughs> so is that better or worse than the one for uh, House Shark? You're gonna need a bigger house. <laughs> they're pretty. They're both pretty good. Then, All right, that's about what I expected. And then Chris, I watched one more movie this week. Ah, uh, did you? Yeah, yeah. So, so you you uh you suggested to me because of this bet that I watched The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. So I banged out about 17 episodes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I I this movie's called The Odd Life of Timothy Green. <laughs> So I amaze it's, myself sometimes. It's it's funny because Chris oh, clearly the funny? We'll get to that. <laughs> Chris clearly is very proud of himself for making me watch this like horseshit Disney movie that's like all sentimental and shit and has children in it. But little does he know that my autism is far too powerful. So so to set up the premise of this movie, basically, this couple like can't have children. And they're, like, crying about it. And they bury a box in the woods. And then, like, later that night, a retarded kid who is also a tree shows up in their house. <laughs> you, you make and, it sound like a horror home invasion movie. N- no, li- listen. The, the thing is, like, basically this kid is the ultimate fail son who is incapable of doing anything right. So, like, from the first scene on, 
like, in my brain, I was just like, oh, he's retarded. And, like, I don't think that was what the, the movie was supposed to suggest, but so many of these scenes are infinitely funnier if you think about the movie that way. For instance, so there's, like, uh, like the, one of the recurring lines in this movie is, like, the kid's on the soccer team, but he never gets to play because he doesn't understand how to play soccer. And, like, the 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 main guy who's, like, his dad, like, his dad is, like, this, like, coach guy that's, like, all, like, you're supposed to be good at sports and all this shit, whatever. Um, so anyway, during, like... The, the big soccer game when he finally gets to play because some other kid gets kneecapped. Um, he goes onto the field, photosynthesizes, and then, like, does, like, two minutes of dribbling before scoring on the wrong goal. And the entire time, all I could think about is every time that they, like, put, like, the special needs kids in a high school football game and let them score. And just what would happen if the kid ran the wrong way. <laughs> just Jim Marshall's a game for the high school. Yeah. <laughs> Park, so, uh, not Parker. Alex, can you tell me about the lowrider scene? Oh, God. That was, that was probably the, the, the low point of the movie. I basically, say, yeah. basically these, these dumbass parents keep lying about what their kid is capable of because they're stupid and they don't realize that their kid is the ultimate fail son. So they convince this lady that the kid is, like, really musically talented, and then they're at some meeting later, and the lady's like, oh, well, let, instead of, like, doing our regular ending thing, let's have this kid come up here and play music. And he basically just, like, hits a cowbell, like, out of rhythm, and his parents make all the lowrider noises. And, like... It has fucking Jennifer Garner going... Bah, 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 and it sounds awful. It's legitimately kind of hard to watch. It's, it's like, really not good, but if you just think of the entire movie in the prism of, like, oh, these people just have no idea how to raise a special needs child, it's, like, kind of a black comedy, which is how I took it the entire time, because how else was I getting through this movie? <laughs> also, Lin-Manuel Miranda is in this movie, and I'm pretty sure the subtext is that he's a pedophile, but, like, <laughs> I don't understand why they would do that in a Disney movie, or if it's just because Lin-Manuel Miranda appears to be a pedophile in fucking everything he's in. But, like, so, like, at the end of the movie, they have this, like, big reveal, like, where they find out the kid has had, like, leaves growing on him the whole time, and that the leaves are dying, and so he's gonna, like, turn back into a tree or something. I don't know. Imagine reading this book. The, the whole the way you're described is so fucking stupid. It, it is exceptionally stupid. But, like, they're all sitting in this fucking PTA meeting, and, like, the one lady's like, well, has anybody seen these leaves? Can we confirm this? And Lin-Manuel Miranda stands up and goes, I've seen the leaves. They're beautiful. <laughs> and then just sits back down. <laughs> it's like, fucking what, dude? <laughs> like... Thank you for that from the guy who made Hannibal. I mean, uh... <laughs> so yeah, like... Now that's a musical the, the thing is, Now, the thing with this movie, like, to be serious for a second, it's like, I can't really understand hating this movie just because, like, this is the kind of movie that's just, like, so clearly not made for me that, like, its existence doesn't offend me. Like, there are probably people out there that really like and appreciate this movie, and that's fine. And I'm not one of them because I just watched two Sasquatch movies. So, like, this was just, like, a thing that was on, and, like, I couldn't work up any reason to be mad about it because why would I? It's, like, some shitty, heartfelt Disney movie about a child. I, I don't particularly care for any live-action Disney movies, and I hate children. Like, there's nothing I see. here. That's what it is. Okay, that's the reason that I hate this movie and you don't really care about it. The thing about this is that I don't hate kids. Uh, I've, I've coached them, I've taught them, and I think that children matter, and not in a way that they're the future, but they're essentially powerless and they're kind of stupid, so it's kind of like our duty to watch out for them and to raise them as, as well as we can. The parents in this movie are fucking terrible. 
They're really they, bad they parents, have, yeah. They, at the, the, the entire conceit of the movie, the way the narrative is set up, is like they're interviewing for like an adoption agency or something. It's like, oh, we did raise a boy, and he was like a plant boy that we had in our backyard with our time capsule, and he had leaves on his skin, and he almost and then he drowned. Died. Yeah, and then he died. Please give us another boy. And it's, it's just really bizarre to me that by the end of the movie, after you've seen the entire adventures they've gone through, you realize they don't deserve to be parents. These people don't deserve to take care of a fucking gerbil. So, no, these I, 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 that's, I think that's why I hate this movie so much, is that these people shouldn't get to be parents. It really bothers me. Then the other stuff is like the fact that anyone likes it. The people they're like, oh yeah, they live in Pencil Town or fucking whatever. I, this movie makes me very angry. Look, I had literally never heard of this movie before you recommended it. I think, or, I, think I say recommended. Why. You assigned this, but yeah, that well, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I think this was one of the ones where my sister was had the remote and she put it on and I couldn't watch whatever I wanted. I think it was working on something on my laptop. It was just on. It just pissed me off the more I watched it. Kind of like the movie Keith. I think I had uh, Jesse McCartney in it. That movie also pisses me off. Okay, that's a name I haven't heard in a decade. I know, yeah. I don't remember. What, that must be from like 2008, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that's all that we watched. And Parker, I'll have to remember to assign you something. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing this passion of mine. Content is an art, and I love it. The good news for you is I, do, I think that Food Fight is so far the lowest uh, bottom of the barrel that I can find that uh, I'll, I'll have to think of something else. I was going to do what? I've been consistently thinking I hit rock bottom for about 13 <laughs> years now. <laughs> You can't surprise me. I, I mean, I was going to do uh, Jump in the Holograms or something. Uh, but I don't think you were, like, a fan of that. That's Oh, that's one I'll say for Girl Alex. Because she probably watches the show or something. The movie, Gem in the Holograms, is really, really bad. Why have you seen all these movies? I well, I've, Sometimes I, I go out of my way to, like, look for really bad movies. I'm like, oh, you know, I, mean, I, I want to see, like... <laughs> Just did you just listen to what we watched this week? We know what that's like. <laughs> There's so many big... But it doesn't... He's got a point. It, it doesn't really mesh with me watching The Quiet Man and fucking Place in the Sun. No one gets their dick ripped off by a giant monkey in either of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch so much Squatch this week. It's fucking Squatch and Mission Impossible for the next seven days. It's going to be so good. Uh, yeah, at some point they're going to blend together. So guys, are you ready to talk about Last Action Hero? Absolutely. I guess. Okay, so we've got another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. This one's supposed to be a bit of a satire. Parker, do you have uh, some sort of summary about this movie? Oh, yeah, I can pull it up. Man, this movie fucking bummed me out. Yeah, I can see why. Like, I was all in for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it was two hours and ten minutes. Yeah. We have to... We might need to set a rule about choosing movies that are over two hours long on like, this. I... I had never seen this before, and I was excited to finally cross it off the list. And then it got to the hour mark. I was like, all right, we should be wrapping up soon. What the fuck? That same thing happened to me. I was just like, oh my god, this third act is going on forever. So, the movie starts off, because we don't have a summary. We'll just get there as we get there. Basically, <clears throat> there's this neat little kid who's basically us, who just goes into old movie theaters and watches action movies. And he has a magic golden ticket, and he gets sucked into... What's his name? Jack Slater's latest adventure. 
and then there's a bunch of in-jokes about Hollywood for three and a half hours, including multiple literal winks to the camera. So, Parker, I know what you're thinking, you know? A couple of guys, you know, or Magic Ticket, could that be a reference to, uh, you know, a little something we've seen here? That's right, Escape oh. from Horrorland, the video game. So. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so the movie starts off, there is a hostage situation on top of a skyscraper somewhere. The entire time, I thought that was Stephen Wright. You know, I, I thought it was Stephen Wright the comedian. <laughs> Turns out that was actually Tom Noonan, so uh, egg on my face. And uh, casting, horrible, ugly scars on his face. Yeah, that was actually really good casting. He's actually really good in this movie. And you got uh, his Manhunter voice was real good. You have every single cop in in L.A. appears to be here, (laughs) and uh, they they got the the stereotypical black police chief who I think is played by Sheriff David Clark, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) except with somehow less medals, (laughs) he doesn't have his sick cowboy hat. Uh, Anyway, he's up there screaming about the libs, and who should come in but uh, Jack Slater, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and. Delivering shitty one-liners. Uh, do are we you, like hold, the, hold on. Hold on. You are not calling either of these one-liners shitty, because they are incredible. Okay, not the opening ones. I guess that here's a couple of acres is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> if you want to be a farmer, here's a couple of acres. It's 10 out of 10. And the, fucking, the lady running up with the lieutenant governor and saying, the lieutenant governor's here, and him punching him out and saying, call me when the governor's here. <laughs> That's when he starts... So strong. It does, yeah. And uh, the fake grenade. I have to admit, when he just tossed the grenade, I was like, how are they going to play this? It's like, this would be a much different movie if that grenade just exploded right there. This would be a Duke Nukem movie, wouldn't it? (laughs) Jesus. That's what I kept thinking for much of this. I think like the red shirt kind of reminded me of Duke Nukem. But sadly, we don't get this. It is all a movie, which is better than it being all a dream. So, uh, some little neat is watching this in one of those old, like, 1920-style theaters where they probably used to show, like, great movies, like, uh, Birth of a Nation. <laughs> oh, boy! It's... <laughs> and Round them up! <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have to edit that. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably I'm gonna have that's to just that historical accuracy. Yeah, I mean, I'm you're sorry. from Texas. You can get only four hours. <laughs> I'm, gonna to, no, I'm gonna have to cut it out just because I laughed at it. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, it's about some kid not going to class so he can watch movies. It's it, totally unrelatable. I don't. Uh, I've I don't never experienced yeah, that. Yeah. It was nothing at all like my college. Anyway, do um, not know how I got my degree. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. But it, I will say <laughs> for four years. But uh, it will say uh, that he does go and watches uh, Lawrence Olivier black and white movie. So finally, you tricked us. To... I wrote that in my notes. You <laughs> fucking tricked us. So finally, something to <laughs> like about this shitty kid. But then he like tries to ruin. it. He's like, oh, don't talk. Just like, excuse me. It's Shakespeare. The best part of it is the dialogue. Anyway, we only get to see like five minutes. But then I will admit, we get to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in Hamlet. If that movie comes out, we're all buying tickets, right? Like, at this point in the movie, with that opening scene in this fake Hamlet trailer, we were at a strong 8 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just sitting this there like, like how funny. is this 6 stars? Like, what, what goes wrong? This Why is, have I yeah. heard how bad this movie is for, like, my entire life? Yeah, then, okay, I will say that. That people have been really lambasting this movie, saying, oh, it's awful, it's terrible, all this other terrible stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I was like... I, 
I've seen like edited clips, and it's just like it looks like a healthy satire of something that needed satirization. Uh, so, so before we go further with that, I think a lot of the backlash of this movie comes from what John McTiernan made immediately preceding this, and by that I mean Predator, Die Hard, and The Hunt for Red October were his three movies before this. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So, fun facts, fun facts about John McTiernan that I found. First of all, because he made Die Hard with a Vengeance, that's right, the third one, he turned down Batman and Robin. Imagine that movie, just for a second. Just let yourself live in that world where the the guy that made Die Hard makes a Batman movie. Oh. Hmm. Okay. So it tastes. It feels good. It yeah. feels really good. So, so anyway, he goes. Last action hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance, a bunch of shitty movies, the Thomas Crown Affair remake, Rollerball, oh oh. and you know why he's not making movies now? Because he's in jail. Oh, oh dear. What, what, what did he do this time? Lying to an FBI agent, apparently. <laughs> Is that really quite as bad as Rollerball? <laughs> that's what I thought. That, you know, I, that's future episode. <laughs> In my hat, I don't know. Uh, By the ninety-minute mark, I was thinking like we were this close to watching Predator. We yeah. were right there. That's yeah. Okay, God that's definitely it. true. See, this is one of the ones where the movie has a very strong first act, and I think the fact that this movie's first act is so strong is a the first act is so much shorter than the second and third acts. Uh, part of it makes me realize this probably would have been a lot better if it was just an episode of a TV show, you know? Like, oh. make this 24 minutes. Make it make it 45 minutes. Got it. If this were an X-Files episode, I would have been so in there. If This, this could have been a Tales from the Crypt episode, you know? It, and shit, this could have been a, a Twilight Zone episode, the remake version. It would have been just as fun. And don't get me wrong, there are good moments in the second and third acts, but boy, it really, this is one of the things where the timing really kind of throws it off. Because once you get to the third act, you're like climbing up the stairs at this point. It's just going on too long. But before we get there, uh, might as well Reading in the it. trivia that they were still filming it like a week before it premiered oh, is I the bet. surprising thing I've ever read. Yeah. This movie seems like, do we push back? No, fuck it. Just put this in chronological order and send it out there. We have to do this. Go. And man... When the movie ended and the credits rolled, it said screenplay by Shane Black. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> real so after the wonderful Hamlet scene, we have the kid getting yelled at by his parents. Oh good, just what I paid money to see in the movie theaters. And, sure uh, hope there's more of this kid in this Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, so God, he's just was... sitting around and he's like, oh, I'll go out, maybe get a pizza or something. And then we get the robbery scene. Uh... Why, that was really fucking upsetting. I did not need to see that. He gets jammed against the wall, then locked to the radiator like a sick pup. I what the fuck? So, this is like a completely different movie. Black Put that Leon the Professional. Dude, the the weirdest thing, and like I, I noticed this the second time it happened, and went back and watched for the first time, and sure enough, it happened the third time too. Every time the kid gets handcuffed to something, they don't show him being handcuffed. They jump cut away and jump cut back, and he's just handcuffed to the thing. Like, is this kid, like, unhandcuffable, like, in, in any scene? Like, <laughs> He's hairy. I, I don't understand why they're all jump cuts with the handcuffs. It's just, it's fucking bizarre. Well, how the fuck do you make Die Hard and... I'm sorry. I'm yeah. get hung up on yeah. that. No, it's this okay. entire it's okay. episode. It's okay. Die Hard is a fucking masterpiece. And so is Predator, while we're at it. 
I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it. So the magician God, scene has Robert Prosky, and uh, he, that's the thing. He becomes a completely different character in this one scene. For the most part, he's like the projectionist who keeps like falling asleep. It's like the episode of The Critic or whatever. Anyway, he has to like uh, you know make sure the movie's focused during the crisis. I don't even know. I, being a projectionist sounds like it fucking blows in order. He's falling asleep, and then one day, one rainy day, uh, the kid escapes to go there. I don't even remember the kid's name, and. Uh, He's in some sort of magician's outfit. He has a magic ticket to take him to Willy Wonka's factory. I'm like, what the? What kind of movie uh, is this? Just this imagine. is different. I didn't dislike it, but I was like, huh, this is weird. Just imagine you have a magic ticket from Harry Houdini. Let's rip it in half and give it to this nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, you're going to be a magician. Movie. Go watch the movie. Goodbye. See you in an hour and a half. So, uh, the kid gets sucked into the movie, uh, and I, uh, I guess it's alright. Like, there's, there's a whole lot of things with, I think as soon as Anthony Quinn comes on screen, that's when you're like, oh, I didn't really need to see him in this movie. Him and, uh, was it Jack Lemon? Was that Jack Lemon in that movie, or? Or, no, 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 it's, uh, that guy from, uh, The Honeymooners. Art Carney. Yeah, sure. I thought it was Rodney Dangerfield for like five minutes. Fuck you. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's it's either it's either Art it's either Art Carney or Jack Lemon. I I have no idea. They're both old white men. Did you just do curly for Rodney Dangerfield? <laughs> Did Jaffer Jaw, dude? Oh, shut the fuck up! No Jesus. respect. No yeah. respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's a combination. Oh, of Dave God, I hate you. Ugh. And then this shirt goes back to school. What was that movie called? <laughs> back to school. Back to school. Anyway. It's really uh, crazy how they just copied Scooby-Doo and added a shark and it's better. Shut up. Anyway. Uh, Probably not about fucking good Jabberjaw. I hope they make a Jabberjaw animated movie. I really hope they do. You'll be first in line the to see it, buddy. Squatched cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were looking at all those sci-fi shark movies. Said Jabberjaw's going to be in one of them. Okay, I can't wait to get all that. Lance Henriksen haunting Jabberjaw. Well, Jabberjaw's trying to solve his own murder. <laughs> <laughs> that means the killer is you and fucking Lance Henriksen just harpoons him. Okay, so the kid oh, yeah. gets sucked Sorry. in. Yeah. The kid gets sucked into the movie and. Uh, Arnold has to save his second cousin or something. I think that is supposed to be a joke. They never play it as a joke. Uh, and Anthony Quinn is partnering up with some other crime lord, and the kid is in the backseat of his car. This leads Arnold to say, for some reason, the words premature ejaculation. You know what? I'm 28 years old. I'm almost 29. I did not need to live this entire life, if you can call it that, with Arnold Schwarzenegger saying premature ejaculation. That's not what I had on my to-do list today. Aren't you glad it happened, though? No. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so I kind of think about this movie, and I wonder, it's not just cutting down the time, although that's certainly a necessary uh, thing here. Do you think, like, maybe you need to, like, restructure everything in this? Like, what if instead of all that beginning stuff, he just... He gets, like, uh, sucked into the movie almost immediately or something. Or maybe you don't begin with a movie in Medias Rats or whatever. I, I don't know. I think, like, maybe th there has to be some way to restructure all this. So, my hot take on this movie, and this is maybe the only movie in history that I've ever said this about, so get ready. I think this movie's just better if the kid is, like, some 22-year-old fail son like Seth Green. Like a real Dr. Evil kid. 
Yeah, like, just like, like, just, just like, like, yeah, like, everything in the movie is exactly the same. Like, he still lives at home. He still gets shoot out for his, by his mom for like, not going to school. Like, it's just some <laughs> fucking shithead twenty two year old that goes to the movie, and then he's just less annoying in every scene where the kid does kid things, and it's so much more watchable. You know what's really grating? Over two hours of a kid knowing more than everyone else on screen. Oh yeah, no, oh, that's a good point. I'm the comic relief. Fucking but kill me. Every once in a while, he would make yeah. Every once in a while, he would make a good point. I think my favorite point that he made is like, where are all the normal looking women? Every woman in this movie is beautiful. That point though is immediately cut out because all the beautiful women are wearing ridiculous fucking costumes, like. There ought to be like a reason to. It. There's no like I don't I don't think there's like a sort of consistency to the universe of the movie. You know, like an animated cat in a cop movie <laughs> that that doesn't really match. It's like all the movies in the world are coming together. So shouldn't Patrick Stewart as a Grim Reaper be in this movie? And he's not. He's in the Seventh Seal. Danny DeVito was that cartoon cat. It's the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> the entire time I just kept thinking, oh my god, they got bonkers into something else. Jesus. You would. <laughs> Even I didn't like Bonkers. Come on. Are you sure about Did that? You? I'm a thousand percent sure. Bonkers You're probably due for sucked. a rewatch, huh? No. Anyway. Bonkers <laughs> is bad, but Top Cat. <laughs> oh my god, Top Cat. Did I, did I like Top Cat? I don't know. Did it's probably. Be on brand. Speaking of animals. I'll let you know when Brady gets up real slow. Shut up. <laughs> Brian Hoyer's good. Anyway. Uh, At what? Accuracy and tight windows, according to the football club. Anyway, so is Top Cat. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so they go to like uh, that assassin's house. He's got a weird eye, and at one point he snaps his fingers, and all the dogs form a pyramid. <laughs> was Can you dope. imagine being in the that audience and like hearing all the silence around you? <laughs> Just like one guy coughing in the back to the right. <laughs> Except your dad's going. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, else. Oh my god, he actually your got to know that. I think my dad would like it. I recently here's more uh, field family lore. Yes. Dad, <laughs> I'm sorry. Dad recently watched No Country for Old Men. Oh, uh, no. He yes. hated it. He hated it so much. Uh, Just I, go in the fucking hotel room. It's boring. It's just, <laughs> yeah, dogs in a pyramid. Uh, the movie just ends. It just cuts off. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, so the Red Sox are doing well. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Jamie This would Martin never happen in Underworld. <laughs> There'd be a clear, definitive ending. God, I'm a Korea reference away from Bingo. <laughs> I'm so close. Oh, I don't actually have you. <laughs> One of these weeks, Parker and I are going to make bingo cards, and the loser, whoever doesn't get the bingo first, is going to have to watch something. Oh man, that's oh, actually a good one. Dear. It's it's very much say the secret wide and you have to watch uh, food fight too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the no secret word too. was gamergate. <laughs> Parker's got gonna... close enough. <laughs> so Parker, what's your favorite episode of Law and Order? Well you see there's one where they <laughs> At final level. Cam comes <laughs> in to so talk cool. about how he actually hates Anita still. <laughs> he would. Yeah. Another joke you have to cut. <laughs> I'm going to cut most of that, actually. I don't know. I'll keep Infield Family Lore, though. Everyone seems to like that. One likes my dad more than they like me. We'll let, we'll, let uh, the bingo, we'll let the bingo card be a reveal later on. Where I uh, yeah, that's that when we get the studio. <laughs> <laughs> 
Parker's gonna take you know, out the like, weirdest uh, thing. I was editing your audio. I just kept hearing fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Parker's gonna be on a streak where I keep winning. It's basically going the Patriots going uh, nineteen and zero again, and uh, we're gonna be on the thing where I'm keep assigning in movies. He's gonna get desperate and just make the secret word the. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris with the Royal Assist Parker. That's a secret word. You have to watch Food Fight. <laughs> so, uh, God, he, no repeats. don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. Okay. So, uh, we have to talk about... Mar- Amendola. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good thing my dad's not on. <laughs> okay. So, we have to talk about Arnold's daughter. Uh, I don't know what her name was, but you know what she reminded me of? First of all, Alex, I'll let you get your takes out of the way about Arnold's daughter. Well, you said you know what she reminded me of. I'll tell you what she reminded me of, and that was Pepe. Because that girl (laughs) was just reeing all over the place for like a solid three minutes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So like, the sound design in this movie is like not great, in that it's one of those like movies where the sound like spikes really loud and really quiet repeatedly. I think I got up to change the volume on my TV about 17 times. Because it was either, oh, they're mumbling and I can't hear them, or, oh, this girl is shrieking and the neighbors are going to wake up. Yeah, I watched it on my laptop with headphones in. This was a headphones movie, and it was a grating experience. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Now, you know what she actually reminds me of? Is he think is that not the teacher from Billy Madison? Is it? Is that not who that is? Oh, I assume that's who it was. Well, maybe. So I think back to the 1930s and black and white uh, Popeye cartoons. She reminds me of the really early incarnations of olive oil. If you think back to the, you know, this is kind of getting us. What am I supposed to do with this? All right, I'm sorry. I don't understand. In the really, really, really early cartoons of Popeye, and I happen to be a Popeye fan, uh, olive oil could actually hold her own against Pluto. And so part of the jokes of those really early cartoons was that she'd be kicking Pluto's ass while still screaming for Popeye. And I think that was... I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the producers and directors and writers uh, got together and thought, hey, remember those early Popeye cartoons? Oh, yeah, like Chris said. No, I think they were just trying to make fun of something else. They were trying to make her a badass and, like, a damsel in distress sort of thing. I guess maybe, like, John Matrix's daughter or something. But, uh... Yeah, His I, you know. John <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I wish Parker, I was watching Commando. Parker, hold, 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 on t- hold on two seconds. Slow your roll for two seconds. Parker, first of all, you were correct that it was the teacher from Billy Madison. But did yes. you also realize that she was the bitchy older sister, and I know what you did last summer? No way! Yeah! Oh, October cannot get here fast enough. <laughs> I'm so ready. That is fucking put that on my tombstone we're doing I know what you did last summer <laughs> and I still know what you did last summer that is a movie and a half right there oh absolutely All right. actually while I'm at it Chris without looking if you can <laughs> if you can get the meta score of Billy Madison within 10 points on your first guess I'll watch whatever you want uh, the meta score according to what website uh, IMDB uh, from Metacritic uh, I was going to say yeah, it's different. For Billy yeah. Madison? Yeah. What's it What's it out of 100? Out of 100. Uh, 57. <laughs> you are off by about 40 points. It has a 16. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <checks> out. <laughs> Holy dick. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I felt safe on that one. Jeez. Yeah. Billy Madison? <laughs> 16, buddy. 
<laughs> Speaking of a movie like Borat, that was funny in its time and needs that context <laughs> yeah. for me to laugh at it. Yeah, jeez. He's trying to watch Billy Madison now for the first time. You're not making it past ten minutes. Wait, wasn't Billy Madison that one with uh, Garland Green in it? Shut up. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, that's bingo. He reverence Con Air. <laughs> like squash movies. Because <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, who doesn't? Okay, so uh, let's talk about that second act. The second act will not end until the third act starts, and then the third act will not end. Kind of like, we get to the point pretty soon here on with this action scene with Arnold's daughter. We're like an hour in. I don't even think we're that much into the movie. 70 fucking minutes left. The movie just keeps on going. There's almost an entire other movie. And we're just plodding along. Like, the kid has gotten into the movie world, and there's crime going on. That's the ground we covered in almost an hour. They just keep on trying to convince Arnold, oh, it's really a movie, it's really a movie. It's like, okay, can you just let it be a movie? Like, I okay, I can't believe I'm saying this. This movie's trying really, really hard, and it's not working. Like, imagine if this was a really, really good action movie. Like, I I, I feel like it really beefs it on a lot of occasions. Like, that whole crane scene? I didn't like the crane scene at all. The crane scene's real not good. And then then the fucking fart bubble underneath the tar? That gutter ball! Again! If your fucking punchline is silent but deadly, that's the best you could do? Beavis and Butthead did a better job with that joke. SBD. <laughs> like, it got to the point where instead of writing notes, I was just writing, stop explaining the joke. Stop explaining it. I got it. I fucking got it. Please stop. It'd be, oh, yeah, that's really unfortunate for you, Parker. It's almost like making someone watch Mother. <laughs> People don't forget. That's fine. Hey, I'll watch You're that movie not. willingly. You paid money for that. I, I used my movie pass, which means that I guess I technically paid like a dollar fifty, but <laughs> whatever. More than they deserved. God, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> that movie showed up on a lot of top ten lists, and that is top ten fine. biggest waste of fucking time. People have opinions, and that's okay. They need to be hurt for their opinions. So it's okay uh, to like a movie as long not as it's not Ready Player One or Mother. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of, guess what's on digital? I think you need to go over with fresh eyes, Chris. You're a little <laughs> too hard on Ready I, Let's hang back on that one. I bet all those effects look way better on your laptop screen. Just wait for the <laughs> wait for the director's cut with twenty more minutes of the mushroom person. Ah! <laughs> that reminds me, Alex. Actually, I, re- I revisited that. Boy, this is going to be a bitch to edit. Is uh, I revisited the uh, Ready Player One podcast, and I was just like clicking around to find a good part. Every single time we clicked was uh, just find a part where we were laughing hysterically. (laughs) (laughs) They told me I could be anything, so I decided to be a mushroom. (laughs) I was the robot cuck from Star Wars, because I earned enough game coins. (laughs) There's also me flitting back and forth. If you go into like, oh, 15 minutes, I'm calling them rings. 30 minutes in, I'm calling them coins. 45 minutes in, I'm calling them rings. 50 minutes in, I'm calling them coins. It doesn't matter. <laughs> fucking sucks. I hate everyone who likes that movie. I've turned a corner. I now Welcome actually back. hate anyone who likes it. 
Boy, all three See, that, people. that's the thing. Show. Like, like everybody that likes that movie already collected Funkos. So I was, like, way ahead of you. Like, that has joined the Scott Pilgrim fans for me. Yeah, It's 1A and 1B now. I'd rather watch Scott yep. Pilgrim. It's easy. Uh, I would rather would watch you? Ready Player One three more times than watch Scott Pilgrim <laughs> once. Uh, so, back to uh, fucking yeah. Last Action Hero. You know what movie's good when we'd rather talk about old episodes we recorded yeah. than talk about the movie itself? Yeah. Man, what a fucking letdown. Yeah. So, the thing about it is that it is it is satire, and I kept thinking to myself, this must be good satire, it must be good. This this seems like a really good idea on paper. There's even, a, there are some jokes that really work. The Sylvester Stallone and the Terminator joke, that one works. That one's really funny. But, uh, and even, I will even defend, like, the gratuitous cameos that they had. I was like, okay, I can, I can kind of understand some of this, what they're doing, what they're going with this. Tom Noonan is a joy to watch as the Ripper, and I love Patrick Stewart as death, but I, I gotta tell uh, you that... should we tell him? Wrong X-Men, friend. Yeah. <laughs> that was Ian McKellen? That was Ian McKellen. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah, close. Yeah. Uh, well, still. Uh, they're, they're both a comic book movies, who cares? So, either way, it's like, I, I like that. I, there, there are, like, these little things in the movie that really do work, but towards the end, have we learned anything? Have, have we made anything any better? Like, uh, there's a crucial emotional moment for, uh, for our buddy Schwarzenegger where he's talking about, oh, but you're fictional, so who cares? Uh, that doesn't really apply. See, the best science fiction movies, and I don't know if I call it science fiction, but it's fantasy, has a human element. I have to be able to relate to the struggles of this character in order for this to mean anything. This is one of the troubles that I have with Star Wars, is I have a lot of trouble relating to the characters and finding like a, a common theme besides good versus evil, light versus dark. In here, there's no real central struggle. What, what do I feel about this kid by the end of the movie? Has he grown in any capacity? I don't know. Chris, I thought you related really well to the Leet Robot, though. That Leet Robot was the one good part of the movie. I'm going to buy the Lego version of it, too, and put it in the studio. Honestly, like, I feel like I, I can pinpoint the exact moment that I checked out on this movie, because I was still willing to give it a chance through all of its flaws. Like, maybe the third act isn't going to suck. But when we have the scene with Charles Dance with the newspaper, when he's, like, circling all of, like, the characters in other movies, and you have that flash of, like, oh, this movie could have been Charles Dance just pulling, like, Dracula and Jason and the Argonauts into, like, the real world and watching them, like, fuck around and do things, like... Fuck, that would have been such a better movie. See, oh, that's the thing. You guys wish you were watching this, huh? That's an, Well, that's the thing. It's another gutter ball. As soon as I see Jason and the Argonauts circled on the back of that newspaper, I'm like, oh, sick. They're, they're going to be skeletons walking around the streets of Hollywood. That's going to fucking kick ass. And it never happens. I wanted walking Instead around skeletons. Fucking Jim Belushi cameo. Wow, thanks, movie. I'm so <laughs> Appreciate glad it. we had that. Haha, <laughs> Planet Hollywood. That's funny. Sure would hate to see a bunch of vampires chase Arnold Schwarzenegger around. That'd be stupid. Fuck this movie. He's fucking squatting with the swamp thing on his back. Come on, give me that chance here. But no, that's like you said, it's a complete gutter ball. I kept thinking that that's what they were going to do. Maybe bring some of the uh, cowboys out of uh, out of a western. No, Parker, not God, Blazing that Saddles. That would have been <laughs> such a good movie. Oh, it would have yeah. been great. Because, shit, well, Night at the Museum had the guts to do that. Western. 
Yeah, imagine getting just bodied by three Night of the Museum movies on your premise. I, I, can you imagine if they had got out, like, Jackie Chan to, to play Bruce Lee? That would have been I actually fun. hate this movie more now. Exactly. It's just a lot of really missed opportunities, and it's over long. And, I don't know, by the end of it, I do like, uh, what, what's, what's his name? It was uh, Christian Bale as Death. I thought he did a good job. But, overall, I mean, again, missed opportunities over long. I mean, like, final cut. It, the last thing I wrote was like, that was a really fun 30 minutes. The movie's 130 minutes, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Like, that first act, pretty much you can just watch it, and as soon as the kid gets the gold ticket, you're fine. You can stop it there. Well, um, I do have to assign you a movie, Parker. Uh, this really is. I'm going to go through the filmography. You got this, then True Lies. Then the eraser. eraser and jingle all the way. And then you get Batman and Robin end of day six. Boy, it just oh. falls off a cliff right after this. Yeah, I mean, this is the one that, uh, that uh, oh, what's his name? That uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger thought just that. done Terminator 2. Like, he was flying so high and then just, man. Yeah, well, what I mean. Disappointment. You can't get everything. It's got to be an asking price problem, right? Like, he was too big of a star to be in the movies that could afford him. At some point, that's a possibility, because this is about the time... Okay, so this came out in 93. What was a big action movie of 94? It was, what, Speed? Speed was 93, I think. Speed was 93? No, 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 Point Break was 93. Point Break was 93. So Speed was then 94 and 95. And the really big action movie of this year was, I guess, 96 with Mission Impossible. But at that point, I mean, Tom Cruise was kind of on top of the world anyway, so... Tom Cruise has never left his perch on top of the world. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we, I guess we kind of shifted away from the big, burly action men. We, we didn't have much more uh, Stallone after this, did we? And it really did turn from Arnold just reigning supreme, just shifting straight to my sweet Tom Cruise. Hmm. I, I those pr- those primes were parallel, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I got I to gotta think about what I'm going to assign Parker. for. Uh, so give me a second here. Great. Ooh, let's see. I did not expect to come out of this movie. Like, I had fewer notes on this than I had on fucking Truth or Dare. Like, no joke. <laughs> Just nothing. Yeah, I, I didn't. Like, I didn't have a lot hour of, uh, straight. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, fucking what is up with Google Image Search? They fucking ruined it. It's like all different now. I don't. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Like, the only highlight in the middle part of the movie is Charles Dance wearing those contacts and looking like Mac wearing cat eyes in the Nightman concert. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that got me. It's just... His name is Fart. Here's 45 minutes. None of that works, either. Like, you would think, once you get past the 90-minute mark, you have to stop explaining. But wait a minute. This is just a movie. Hey guys, this works by different rules. Like I could see if this was like a kids movie, where like it was like like you you slap like maybe a PG thirteen on it, probably a PG, and like the kid is like central to the movie and everything revolves around him. But instead, you have this movie where people say fuck and talk about dicks, and there's just a kid that's along for the ride. It's like, why are you splitting the difference? Like this is just another definitive case of 
who is this movie for? If if hey, guess yeah, what? that's true. I, yeah. I saw Predator and Die Hard. I never once thought, boy, Osho is a wise talking kid, telling Arnold that he's being an idiot and just needs to cover himself in mud. Okay, Parker, I found what you're gonna watch. God fucking damn it! Okay, this you don't is have to. Yeah, this is gonna hurt. Um, great. He seemed pretty cavalier about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, what did, what did we just met? Oh yeah, we've met on Food Fight again. Oh jeez, I'm a dick. Um, so I've got a lot of options here. Um, the ones that I was gonna go I'm for. I'm still fucking mad about that line you said. You're a piece of garbage. About fucking the about the what? Well, the line. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think the punchline is that it's fucking sixty-five million dollars on this movie. God damn it. $65 million. I was going over whatever that line was if I were you, dude. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I knew that trap. was going to be stupidly high. And you just fucking got... Well, the thing is, I cut it really close, you know? Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I was there. I experienced it. Um, actually, actually, no. This, is, this won't hurt that much. Uh, I've decided I'm going to loosen up a bit. Because uh, I've got some ones that would hurt you. I'm, I was going to give you the animated Titanic movies fucking why have you heard about this exist oh you don't know okay so a, a while ago a bunch of italians decided that 1997 uh titanic was a pretty big hit you might have heard of it james cameron did it and uh, it made a little bit of money so like okay maybe we can rip it off and they did an animated version the first movie has a rapping dog um and <laughs> yeah and you're gonna watch kick so punch it's all in the mind gamer yeah, and the second movie has, uh, they all have talking animated mice. I don't know why. And the se- so really you could make as many uh, fucking, what's that uh, movie with Fible and American Tale jokes as you want. And uh, the second movie is a whole lot worse. It has uh, dolphins, and when a teardrop hits the moonlight and the water, you can talk to the dolphins. There are these evil, sh- there's this evil gang of sharks they want to Hold sink on. the Titanic or whatever, and the movie does a real serious injustice in which it it, uh, it it sort of retcons history. It says no one actually died on the Titanic; they were all saved, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the most insulting things I've ever seen in my life. And then there's a sequel to that movie called Tentacolino, which is based on the giant octopus that saves the Titanic. And I'm completely serious about all of this, by the way. And hey, Tentacle Lino. Which nostalgia critic video told you about this? Yeah, it's actually all three of them. Which this, cool. honestly, this is one of the reasons why it was worth watching because this was incredible knowledge. But this is lore that I'm not going to pass up. And that Tentacle Lino movie is just so fucking bizarre. But uh, I'm not going to go with any one of those. Mostly because A, that would hurt you too much, and B, like. I can only give you so many animated movies before you start. I'm not going to like, watch not three like movies. Animation. Spoilers. There's, there's that too. Yeah. Uh, instead, Parker, we talk about big burly action heroes. We can God watch stuff with big. other action heroes. You know who God, else is really like? You know what? Who oh, else? Oh, I know what also... he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. God, fucking damn. I don't think that you do. Say her name. Uh, Say her name. Her name. No, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get some Melissa McCarthy movie. <laughs> no, no. I thought as soon as you said her name, I was like, I'm not giving him the next Karate Kid. <laughs> Coward. No, that movie sucks though. That's that's uh, that's what that's a future episode and a half. Uh, no, I'm going to give you a Chuck Norris movie. I mean, we were talking about how Borat is very much uh, a time capsule of his sort of era. You know, we're going to bring back Chuck Norris jokes for you. You're going to watch Sidekicks, starring Jonathan Brandis, rest in peace, he killed himself, and uh, our good friend Chuck Norris. Man, that is a movie and a half. I'm so excited. Have you seen that one? 
bits and pieces. Oh, oh, we said no repeats, and we kind of... Nope, it's yeah. locked in. Yeah, it's locked in. Are you going to say that one now? All right. Uh, we should also sit down on audio. Uh, what are Man, You know what else is locked in? There's going to be 13 episodes of Titans. Man, that's awesome for you. 13 whole episodes. You, well, you only get to assign one per game. so That's fine. Yeah. It's a long season. Plus the primetime games and such. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Could we be betting on preseason like degenerates and just hating each other? I'm very much considering it. <laughs> you have my attention. Yo, my brother started gambling on NFL preseason games and tried to tell me that the key was it's all about momentum. That's, that's, that's the coolest thing. I just had said. to I just had to pull rank and just say, Henry, you're a complete fucking moron. <laughs> Sometimes it's about mind games. There's only one way to bet an NFL preseason game, and that's to bet on the tie every single game. Because the tie is always <laughs> funny, and it always happens because no one goes for it. <sighs> okay. Uh, so we should set the line for Mission Impossible. Uh, tell you what, we'll have a neutral arbitrator here. Uh, Alex, tell me where to uh, tell me where you will set the line for us. Oh, God. Well, first of all, calling me neutral in a Tom Cruise movie is very unfair. But, uh... All right. I- you're gonna have to give me like two seconds because I don't like I don't have like uh, an idea of what like a standard box office opening is. So let me like look that up. See, this is one of those things I where was... Parker could have said ten dollars and I would have immediately said under. <laughs> I was just gonna pick whatever the last one opened at. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Uh... We talked about movies we watched for an hour and twenty minutes, and then talked about this movie for twenty minutes. I'm trying to. I mean, it's going to be shorter with all the editing. The editing was really rough. We just got so distracted, I can hardly imagine why. Alright, is this... I can't tell if this is domestic or not. What? Oh, this is fucking everything. God damn, I just want to see this year's. Uh, year, oh wait, yearly. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This might do it. There's so many Purge movies you haven't seen yet. Uh, uh, mm, uh. Like, it was going to be Purge Anarchy, and then you picked Food Fight. <laughs> So it's just gonna get worse for you. All right, I just, that was I deserve mercy. God damn it, man! God fuck. fuck okay, you. so what was your last bet? Uh, like, like what was the line at for your last bet? Your last opening weekend bet? Fucking, uh, oh, 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 I remember, I remember, I remember. It was fifty million for for Ant Man. Was it skyscraper? Skyscraper. Oh, sky, it skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came in at just God, like I, around ten. I already forgot I saw Ant Man. Same. That is... I just wish they'd said, hey, this one's for kids. Don't come. And I wouldn't have. Alright. Alright, I'm setting the line at $65 million. I'll take the under. I'll go over because I want to believe in my son. Okay. I know it's going to make like 20 here, but $400 million in China because they love him so much. Remember, it's just opening weekend. This so, movie uh, this movie has been exceptionally well-marketed. It's the thing you got to realize. It's and like, well-marketed and well-reviewed. I think the reviews are what would The reviews are going to push it, yeah. And so $65 million would put it at, at the eighth best opening weekend for the year behind all of the Cape shit, Incredibles 2, and Jurassic World. Now, yeah, well, you so also like, have to like, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. You also have to understand that the way that we do these bets is that it is more about the content than winning. It's more about we yeah. want. It, I, I really want this to be conducive to some sort of like 
way that we get to force ourselves to get into these situations. Like, I really, as soon as Parker said that he has his movie picked out, I really want it. I know it's going to hurt me. I know this is uh, <laughs> this is going to be something yeah, yeah. where I regret opening the floodgates. That I, I yeah. should not have fired until I saw the whites of his eyes. But like, I still had a long list of movies. Like, I don't think he's seen these. He'd dig these. But go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Fuck off. I, I, I actually have a list on my work computer that I could go over and check right now, but I don't want to. Uh, that's It's a naughty and nice list, so if you do something extra bad, I'm going to make you watch like a four-hour Japanese movie in black and white. And if you if you do a really that's good fine. thing, then Just know I'll that I will match the length of whatever you assign me. If you assign me a four-hour movie, you will get four hours of Purge movies. No! So <laughs> if you want to play this game, no, that's fine. This, this is a nightmare game. Oh, it's a three-hour movie, so three hours of 30-minute Titans episode. Boy, you're going to get a lot of the major plot points. Tight, why would Titans Sorry. be 30 minutes? Why not make it 40? Uh, whatever. You know what? I'm not sure. We'll find out in due time. I am so scared. And I'll make sure if they don't make it on into the internet, I'll make sure to torrent them and then upload them for you. I don't want any issues, friend. Too late. Okay, so what should we watch now? Oh, yeah, it's Mission Impossible 6. Yeah, absolutely. So my plan is Mission Impossible this weekend. After that, the Jaw sequels, and then the Meg after that. Yeah, yeah. Delicious. I, I would say that the next time that there's a free weekend, I would make a very strong, hearty recommendation content-wise for Cradle to the Grave. Holy shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can pull that one off. It's so good. There's gonna it's be a, there's gonna be a point in time where uh, we're gonna be uh, setting aside most of our lives, content-wise, video games, books, movies, TV shows, and just watching Godzilla movies. Because I found that <laughs> mega link on Sig where it's got every single Godzilla movie ever made, and yeah. it goes all the way back. And I'm like, I kind of gotta do this. <laughs> I always forget that fucking Tom Arnold is in this movie. God, I need to watch <laughs> it again. <sighs> Tom Arnold being the token fat white guy in movies for like five years was such a weird time in American history. Oh, Anthony Anderson back when he was still fat. Yeah.
Hello there. You know, in the old days when science fiction was a bastard genre and people were not allowed to read it out in public, I mean, you could, you could read porn magazines out in public, and, but you couldn't read science fiction magazines. People would read them inside a copy of the National Geographic. One of the, uh, one of the dodges that they used to, uh, uh, to, to make it seem as if science fiction was really worthwhile was that it predicted the future. Yes, we predict the future. Why Jules Verne predicted the submarine? Why H.G. Uh, uh, Wells predicted the time machine? Well, well, that of course was nonsense. Science fiction no more uh, predicts the future than you do. Uh, what, but with but with hundreds of writers writing at all times and predicting every damn thing there was to predict, eventually they would hit a few things right. It's amazing the things they never did hit right. Even Bob Heinlein, Robert Heinlein, the great the great seer of the future, never understood that it would be the government that would be sending rockets to the moon. He always thought it was going to be private industry. Well, it wasn't. It was always the government. That is until now. I hold in my hands a press release. This is called a press release. Uh, I have uh, scraped it very diligently so that the horse manure and cow flop that's on it usually uh, is not here and I'm able to hold it without doing myself any great damage. This is a press release from Columbia Pictures. NASA and a consortium of corporations sponsoring the first commercial space mission in U.S. history have chosen Columbia Pictures and its action-adventure fantasy film, The Last Action Hero, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, to be the first advertiser in space. On the main fuselage of the rocket, there will be an adver advertisement for The Last Action Hero. I really hate giving them any promotion like this. And on the payload, which will orbit the Earth for a minimum of two years, conducting microgravity experiments, this moron ad for this dopey movie will be circling the earth, can't you say, Honey, let's go out tonight with the, uh, with the telescope and take a look at Arnold's head again. Well, uh, the, uh, the president of um, uh, Space Marketing, Inc., do you love that? Space Marketing, Inc., oh, it's worthy of Frederick Pohl and C.M. Cornblow, said, after reviewing many possible promotional partners for this historical event, Columbia Pictures was chosen for their ingenious creativity that represents the same goals as the American space program. I didn't realized the American Space Program's goal was to make money for Columbia Pictures and dopey action-adventure movies and make Arnold Schwarzenegger even more money. I don't know why it bothers me. I mean, it's basically a pretty stupid thing, this press release. I suppose it's because here we are down here on this mud ball, looking up at the stars, maybe the last 40, 50 years, actually thinking we're going to reach them someday and hoping that we're a noble enough species to do it. And when we get the chance, we turn it into the same kind of cheap, sleazy advertising medium as everything else on the planet. Boy, does that make me unhappy. Does that make you unhappy?